Good evening, everyone. Good evening. We'll call the meeting of the Liberty County Board of Commissioners to order. Make sure, Mr. I.T.M. still good? All right, so thank you, sir. Mr. Brown, has the meeting been properly advertised? Yes, sir, it has. Yes, sir, good to see everyone. Thanks for coming. For those of you we haven't seen, Happy New Year to you. Uh, those of you who, who are observing us on uh, Facebook Live, it's good to have you to uh, stay up with the county and what we're doing. Uh, Liberty County has a lot of positive things that are going on, and we're glad to be a part of it and glad to have you as a citizen to uh, participate. <clears throat> Keep your eyes on the county. Um, in spite of COVID, there's a lot of movement. Uh, Mr. Brown and I were talking on uh, today. And yesterday, he told me how many projects we had. I, I made him count them out to me <laughs> so I could <laughs> confirm that we had that many projects in queue. So a lot of good things are going on in the county. So you'd be proud of and we are moving the county forward as best that we can. So thank you for uh, your support during the uh, years. At this time, we're going to ask Mr. Mosley, if he will, come and do our prayer for us. And our Pledge of Allegiance, please stand now for the, for the prayer and Pledge of Allegiance. Let us pray. Gracious and most kind and benevolent Father, we thank you for this beautiful day and all that you've done for us. We thank you for this new year. And we pray, Father God, as this <clears throat> August body transact the business community, you continue to give them divine wisdom and insight as they deliberate the business of this community. We pray for those, Father, who are struggling in this pandemic. Pray that you'll be with them and strengthen them. These and all other blessings we ask in your precious, pointed, and powerful name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. 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 The United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you, sir. We'll move right along. Uh, what we'll say for the uh, for your information, Commissioners uh, Frazier and Jones, who are both employed at D.S. Smith, formerly known as the Interstate Paper Company, are tied up. And that very fine facility. Uh, one or both of them are going to try to call in when they can, but that's why they are not present. But they have given us uh, our marching orders. Uh, commissioners, uh, uh, Commissioner Jones asked that we stand in his place for the Habersham Plantation uh, presentation to come for us. Okay. If you do that, uh, we'd appreciate that. All right. family. Um, Mr. Ginner worked here in Liberty County, started here, you know, his military career, and then he got out and uh, did shop at Bradwell, and then he moved right along in into building inspections and um, did a fine job and retired. He passed away here in the last couple of weeks, but um, his dad was really instrumental in Thank you, sir. We would duly note that in our records. Thank you, sir. All right. Mr. Long, are you ready for your report, sir? 
thinking I'm not used to having come up this quick. I used to having Kim, and you know, there's a buffer of Kim in front of me for a little while. So it's yeah, I'm trying to go fast. Want you to get used to. So I'm not going to read everything to you. There's a couple things that I do want to point out. The uh, Trade Hill drainage. And y'all gave me permission to talk to the property owner, and I've had COVID issues. He's had COVID issues, so we're finally meeting tomorrow. So that way we can kind of get that worked out. So um, I didn't, didn't want y'all to think that that's just sitting still. Um, Bill Carter Road, uh, we took bids on that earlier this week. <laughs> Not looking for a action tonight. Uh, our uh, lowest bid was from APAC Atlantic for $852,000. Our budget was around $550,000. Oh my goodness. Uh, we're going to be looking at funding and what we need to do for this before we bring it back to you guys. Hopefully, I'll be able to have that worked out uh, before the regular meeting um, in February. Try to get this thing going because we really need to do something with that road. It's, it's falling apart faster and faster. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, lost where it was. Um, the, we are working uh, with the guys that are doing the Palm Drive and Point South. Uh, they do know that they're in liquidated damages. They're at $7,200 as of today. <clears throat> um, they are working on the job site. They're, they didn't mill out a couple of uh, places yesterday in anticipation for the rain today or tomorrow so that it didn't have a weekend full of, of a, a, a bird bath, so to speak. So they'll be back out Monday milling more and trying to get the asphalt down, and they're working fast on that. And their bonding company has been notified. So <clears throat> just wanted you to know that that's going on. Okay. And uh, short of that, I'll open it up for any questions you may have. Oh. Gum Branch. Oh, Bill Carter Road. This is just the two. What is our guidelines on that as far as regulation of truck weight on that road? I mean, we I do not. That road is not weight. It's not uh, weight limited at this point. Um, but the uh, typical section that's out there. Um, it'll handle some trucks, but the, the amount of traffic that we've had on it over the years, it's just the, the repetitiveness is, has worn it out. And what we're doing to it when we do the full depth reclamation and the asphalt that we got going on it, it will handle the truck traffic when we're finished. And it'll handle, because it acts kind of like a little midway bypass, so to speak, for people cutting through. So it'll handle the traffic for a foreseeable future. The long trucks is what I'm talking about. Um, and I, mm -hmm. I know they're supposed to use state routes. Is that, that correct? They are, but they, they do come through there. signage up down there to Mr. Stevens that says... No, uh, but log trucks, I've seen three of them that they come through loaded with logs today. Now, I'm what about the weight on the bridge? That prohibits Trent, well, what about the weight limit on the bridge down at Peacock? So right now, it's not weight limited yet either. Not nothing. No. And, you know, that's the bridge that is uh, on schedule to be replaced by the Department of Transportation. Right. And I think it's a, a year out before it gets going, and it'll be widened and replaced, and, you know, it'll meet the standards for truck traffic. Now, I, I, I am aware that if they are cutting, like off Robert Hill Road over there, coming out, going out loaded, but these trucks, I said today, they are turning off of 84 using it as a 
Sure you could come through. through. Then hit Lewis Frazier and go on out, and mm -hmm. they should not be doing that. <clears throat> and actually, it doesn't save you much time. Mm -hmm. so. But if DOT, if they catch them, it's going to save them a lot of time. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Anything else? <clears throat> what, just, just one. Uh, go ahead, Connie. I was going to. Uh, oh, we, we had a pre-bid meeting today. Uh -huh. um, we're probably going to push it out a week or so. We had a couple of questions that I need to address, but uh, it's out for bids right now, and we're uh, trying to address comments for the contractors and get that going. Okay, so it's out for bid. Yes, ma'am. But what are you trying to do again? Are you just waiting questions. on them to come back in? We had a pre-bid, uh -huh. pre-proposed, you know, pre-bid meeting today at two. Had uh, a couple of contractors that came. And they had some questions about some grading and how we were doing some stuff, and we're going to make some modifications <laughs> and send it back out just for our betterment. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so, but we'll probably in doing so, I may have to push the date back a, a week or two to make it work. Okay. Commissioner, got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, uh, Trent. I'm just looking on your report, uh, track lane. I um, just wanted to. Um, I see that you have made some moving on there, and that's real good. I, I just wanted to make sure that we can, you know, expedite that as soon as we can. Um, that will be my last-ditch effort um, <laughs> for the citizens of Holmestown. I said that I was going to go around the loop and try to get every road paved in there, um, and I'm, I'm going to do that. And I'll, when I leave out of there uh, next year this time, it will be in the capable hands of Hopefully, uh, Commissioner Stevens, but um, I'm I'm trying to get them all while I can. Uh, yes, sir. Mr. Long, how about expedite all roads in Homestown? In his district, <laughs> so they're paid when you get them. As as far as as far as the money goes, uh, this is the last one. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. Understand. We really don't care if we finish that one up. I commissioned you know, to say that'll just mean we'll be splitting that a little bit more more. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Sure. LCPC, Miss Sanchez. <laughs> Good afternoon. Hello. Good afternoon. Um, I'm going to try to. Speak clearly into this because I know it's hard with a, a mask. So on. far, so good. So far, good. Mm -hmm. Let me know, holler if you can't hear me well enough. Um, I'm here to present uh, a final plat for the colonies at Habersham um, Plantation Phase 3C. And um, the owner is Habersham Development Group, and T.R. Long did the engineering. This, like the previous phases, was is final platting just eight lots on 7.35 <laughs> acres. This is off of Wilkins Road, which is off of Habersham and Leeward Cooper. This is a general outline of the phase three, um, outlined in red here. We're talking what we're, the, this phase of 3C is battened down on this corner here. There we go. So this is the overall plan for phase Three. This includes those extra three, three lots that were added to the preliminary plat on the end here. So these are all eight lots, and what we're looking at here is 
the area down here in purple. This is the actual plat that I've just added colors to and put some more information on. Um, so here again, these are the eight lots. They range in size from 22,000 to 29,000 square feet of usable area. What's in green here is about an acre of land just under, it includes a pond. It's gonna be dedicated to the HOA. And then in yellow here is gonna be dedicated to the county. It is the standard 60-foot right-of-way for the road, and then there's just a little bit extra over here between what would be the standard 60-foot right-of-way and the southern property line. It's similar to what they did in phase two, uh, 3B, where the right-of-way there is a little bit wider just by virtue of where it lies between um, the property line, the proximity to the property line. So this, as I mentioned, it was a it is, it is a 55 lot subdivision, and all the lots, all the phases have been for eight lots, and then each lot will be served by a community water service that's already in place, and will be um, served also by on-site septic systems. And the board, the Liberty County Health Department, will be signing off on the plat, and there's also a note on the plat that requires their approval prior to um, issuance of a construction permit. I'm sorry, this clicker isn't working very well. There we go. <coughs> Went too far. Um, sorry, there we go. So uh, dedications to the county include more specifically, not 0.22 feet, that is actually supposed to be 0.22 miles, of New Street, that yellow area, which incorporates the right-of-way and the adjacent land, of uh, 1.68 acres, and then the drainage <coughs> system within the right-of-way, which is is ditches. There's no real infrastructure there. It's just the ditches. And other dedications include that one acre community lot to the HOA and drainage easements to the HOA or the property owner for all the other drainage easements that are outside of the right of way of the street. The sidewalks and street trees are not yet in. They'll be guaranteed. They are guaranteed in the form of cash in an escrow account for $26,243. And then there's a two-year maintenance bond in place, not a bond, it also is in an escrow account for $9,277.65. Uh, LCPC staff recommendation is approval with standard conditions for the final plot for the colonies at Habersham Plantation Phase 3C. And I'm happy to answer any questions. The engineer and the property owner are here as well. Any questions about this uh, proposal? Um, approval is recommended from LCPC. I know we're supposed to stand in for our fellow commissioner. Mm -hmm. His first question would be, um, of course, the runoff. He was real concerned in the other phases on that. And, of course, Trent has assured us that that's taken care of. Uh, I'm sure that <coughs> it is. Uh, he wouldn't have had his stamp on it, but we, uh, when we started that particular area right there, Trent, you said it was going to be eight lots, and now it's increased to 25 lots. Is that right? This particular area here, is it always going to be that many lots? <coughs> Adam Wilkinson with Long Engineering. Are you talking about the the phases coming forward that we're going to plat eight lots at a time? No, um, before these, 
lots was put in, how many lots was going to go in that area? I thought that was going to be larger lots. It was. <laughs> hey there, I'm Charles Way. I'm the applicant. <clears throat> this was on the original construction plans. It was 28 lots. And uh, those were, most of those were over an acre in size. So we did a new set of construction plans and a new flat for um, 52 lots. And then I, those extra three lots that Marty pointed out, I acquired those from the neighboring property owner and, and added those. Now, they have not been subdivided yet. They're only preliminary platted. But the retention pond that was in question, that was what uh, Mr. Jones wanted to make sure yes. that this it had been sized. I, I was trying to keep a little level of separation and let Adam produce. But when we, the uh, pond that's in the middle, right. um, far exceeds, it was an old bar pit there before. Right. And so it far exceeded the requirements for uh, meeting the uh, stormwater runoff from uh, pre-development to post-development. I think you remember there used to be like a ditch to just cut straight across it. And so all that land that uh, the 900 acres that Harry Rogers and them bought, that all flowed through this ditch straight into the wetlands and went over to Phillipsville Road and went out that direction. So what we did years ago, this was back in 2007-ish time frame, um, they took and we re-diverted all that water that used to go to Phillipsville Road into this big old pond that was in the middle of the project that used to be a bar pit from years ago. So instead of all that water just going straight through the ditch <coughs> and straight on, now it goes through this big detention facility and goes around. And we also have a pretty good sized pond on the, you saw how the road kind of comes around, then there's like a big ditch and all on the right, there's another big pond on that side as well that uh, holds stormwater. So those facilities will handle, they're, they're all, almost set up to buffer almost 1,000 units. <clears throat> when, you know, when other things get built in the future phases of Habersham that probably aren't going to get built anytime soon, you know, that was all set up for that master plan that we did for Habersham Plantation back in 2007 timeframe. And the reason I'm asking that is, uh, you know, you've got some of the subdivisions now and one in particular that comes to mind when it comes a pretty good rain you you know every time you add that driveway and that roof of course that increases that flow and I see the I see what's happening where it goes underneath so yes there are a couple of drainage issues up in phase one where some homeowners filled in their ditch I remember that. And they've done some modifications to the mm -hmm. drainage out. You mm -hmm. talking about as you, as you turn into the mm -hmm. subdivision? Uh, right, that's the word me and Commissioner Gillard looked at. Yeah. It, uh, I'm gonna, the pipes have not been cleaned. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to it and show you. <clears throat> I think I'm going to get to it and show you. situation up here where they filled in a pipe on one side of the driveway and then the upstream neighbors 
pit and drain it, and it was filling out in the roadway. Now, I know that Mr. Zeckman has been in contact with those folks to get all that responded. Um, actually, Mr. Wade has taken pictures. We've tried to, you know, get it all fixed and go through the proper channels to get some of the issues in this location fixed. Because um, <coughs> he has some, you know, all kinds of units and things that he's put in his yard, and it's quite a sight. Well, that, that's all occurred out here, outside of this and outside of that. And the way most of this works, there are several places where water comes from this road into this pond, and these ponds are interconnected, and they drain back and they're connected here, and this is all interconnected. So. Well, now, we, the, the whole project has not been turned over to the county at all. So, Am I correct? It's, so this section through here, phase one, right. has. This section, phase two, is still under a maintenance bond, right? Yes, it's still under. We're still under the maintenance bond here. And then these areas back here are still, well, what's completed are under performance and maintenance bond. So the areas that are under construction and doing what they're supposed to be doing are covered under bonds, or in this case, he's got most of his in uh, a cash bond. And that needs to that needs to be something. And I, Joey, I'm sure you can look at it or the chairman. But you know, our building and inspections is out here to look at something that's already been built and accepted. Now we've got a project that's not all the way done, right? I mean, we know that there's going to be some oh, yeah. issues in there that we don't really need our building inspector going out there. It needs to fall back on the developer. So when it's turnkey, everything is going to be then under the HOA. That we won't have it to be running back and through out there. Now, I know the building permit is one thing. The driveways and stuff like that, Trent, I understand all of that. But yeah, as far as water, I mean... When it was inspected before, Clint went out there and looked at them. Because and, we and were right behind Clint looking at it. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and all the stuff in phase one has been done since the county took it over by the individual homeowners. So that was not done as part of the developer or part of the builder. And it was done illegally, so to speak. Well, that, that was my question, Trent. You were saying that one of the homeowners, the way you went up there and pointed, he, his roadside ditch, that's what we're talking about, he filled it in. Did, did he pipe it or he just put dirt in it and just leveled off his yard? Just piped it. I mean, he didn't put any pipe in it. He just leveled it off. That's the third one, I believe, we went. It happened in Walthyville, too. So yeah, you, uh, I mean, Joey, we, we got ordinance against that. I, I mean, you know, I know in Hinesville, you, you, uh, you're you not supposed to. We, we pick it up every day, but you're not even supposed to rake your leaves and put it in a drainage way. Mm -mm. I mean, so mm -mm. for someone to fill it in with dirt, I mean, yeah, you know, I you mean, got to have somebody, if, if the water go this way, it's going to affect the mm -hmm. people to the right. It is. I mean, the people to the left, they, <laughs> they, they, they could care less, but good Lord, I mean, you just, you can't do that. No. That individual has a, um, some kind of construction company, so he has steer and a small excavator at his house. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, 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 he could have all kind, he could have all the equipment in the world. He just violated the ordinance by filling in that ditch. Yeah. 
Well, that that should, that is the same equipment should be very helpful with him cleaning it. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's some of the questions that you know we, yeah. we wanted to ask for him to make sure that you know number one that when it's <clears throat> said and done, it's going to be a, a subdivision that you know it's going to add a lot into that area. But he don't want it to look like. The one that's across the road that we've had some issues with. Mm -hmm. um, Very true. Now, I'll also tell you that I know that uh, Mr. Zeckman has uh, filed something against a couple of neighbors in magistrate court. Do not know what the results of that were, was. Well, we can find out. We can find out. I just want to say. Everything out there that, that I have developed, which is phase two and then phase three, A, B, and C, um, you go out there and none of that has any water standing in the streets. All of that is flowing like it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. Every, all of the pipes that we've put in in this phase three have got silt fence on all the upstream ends. We've got silt fence around the structures. Um, and they'll stay protected like that until the builder puts sod down into the ditches. And of course, they're still under warranty. So. I, I know that there are some issues in previous phases, but I, I do want to delineate. <laughs> Yours from there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know, with, with the forecast of rain tomorrow, uh, that's going to be the first thought me and Commissioner Walden make tomorrow. Uh, it's, it's best to see how your drainage work when it's raining, we, we, and, and we'll be there. So look what, what we're approving tonight, and you'll see, you'll see uh, ditches that have positive drainage in both directions. Right. They're still good, fixing, good. So okay. They'll be in good shape. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'm not sure he's listening to that, but <laughs> yeah. those are just things that we need to make sure of. I mean, when it finally does go downstream, and when the kitchen ponds fill up, you know where they're going. Mm -hmm. Water's going straight to Phillipsville Road, and uh, I think that's his district, too. It is. So, mm -hmm. 830, Eddie? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll be All there. All righty. Chair, motion. Mr. Chairman, um, could you go back to that uh, last slide? Uh, Mr. Chairman, I make a motion that uh, for approval with standard conditions for plant for the college that's happening, plantation phase 3C. Is there a second? I'll second the motion. Motion and the seconds on the floor. Any further discussion? All those approved, let me know by show right hand. Those opposed? It's approved. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Audit report, Malden and Jenkins. Good evening. Good evening. Hey. My name's Trey Scott with Malden and Jenkins. I was the partner who oversaw the audit of the County's June 30, 2021 financial statements, and pleased to be here with you all this evening to present the results of our audit. I think you've got a couple of three documents in front of you. The thicker of the three is your, your audited annual comprehensive financial report, and then you've got our auditor's discussion and analysis, which is the smaller one, and then uh, probably have a copy of my presentation too, and that's what I'm gonna be, uh, I think, obviously presenting from today, so if you wanna follow along uh, with me. 
Uh, just kind of the purpose of today's presentation is to uh, just introduce you to Malden and Jenkins, who we are, give you an overview of our auditor's report, our compliance reports, and your financial statements. Uh, go over some required communications with you, things that government auditing standards require me to communicate to you, uh, and then uh, some accounting recommendations, and then answer any questions that you may have. Just real quickly about Malden and Jenkins, we serve uh, approximately well, a little over 565 governmental entities throughout the southeast. Uh, we do that across 12 offices in five states. Uh, the office that serves you all is, is our Savannah, Georgia office. Uh, provide over 120,000 hours uh, annually to our governmental clients and have over 140 governmental clients that uh, receive the Certificate of Excellence for uh, Achievement in Financial Reporting like you all do from the Government Finance Officers Association. I think of particular importance to you all, though, is our audit opinion and our audit report. Uh, I think, as you all know, that big, thick ACFR is the responsibility of management. It's our responsibility as your auditor to provide opinions on that financial information based on our audit. And we do that uh, by following generally accepted auditing standards and governmental auditing standards. Uh, and I'm pleased to report uh, to you all this evening that we were able to issue the county a clean, uh, or what we call an unmodified opinion. Uh, what that basically means is that your financial statements present fairly uh, the financial position uh, and the results of your operations as of June 30, 2021. And that's what you're looking for is a clean opinion. Uh, it's the highest level of assurance that we can provide to you all. Uh, I think it's important to note or something that, you know, management, the finance department should certainly be commended for. You know, we work primarily with uh, the finance director, uh, Kim, and, and her team, and uh, they're very professional, get us what we need when we need it, uh, and that's very refreshing uh, from, from my standpoint as, as your auditor. I did kind of hint on that you present an annual comprehensive financial report. Just want to make sure you all are aware that that goes above and beyond just your general required reporting of a government. Uh, you present some additional sections within this act for uh, your, your introductory section and your statistical section just outside of your basic financial statements. Uh, and this is submitted to GFOA or the Government Finance Officers Association every year uh, as a part of their Certificate of Achievement Program and Financial Reporting. Uh, and if you look down there at the bottom, uh, this will be the 19th year that the county has received that certificate. You haven't received it yet. It's been submitted to GFOA, but we don't anticipate there being any issues with you all uh, receiving uh, that, that coveted award. And again, 19 years, that's, that's certainly something that, that the finance department management certainly should be commended for as well. Well, let's give them a hand then. <laughs> sure. Outside of our audit report, we have a couple of compliance reports as well, one we call our Yellow Book Report, and it's, it's kind of a report on your internal controls and your compliance. It's not intended to provide an opinion, but it's where we would report any material weaknesses, significant deficiencies, uh, instances of non-compliance. We did have a few of those. We'll go over those in a minute, but it's nothing new. It's some of the same ones that we've had for, for several years. Uh, and then your single audit report is a report on your internal controls and compliance as it relates to your federal grant programs. Uh, and we had no issues uh, with, with your grant programs. There were no material weaknesses, no significant deficiencies or, or instances of noncompliance as it related to, to your grants. Now, quick little run through of your financial statements. You present two sets of financial statements in that act for a government-wide set of financial statements, which is kind of a, a 40,000 foot view, a big picture view of, your, of the government or the county as a whole something you really only see once a year in your ACFR. Uh, what you all deal primarily with is, is the fund level type information, your general funds, your individual SPLOST funds, your T-SPLOST fund, uh, those special revenue funds. Those are the things I think you're, you're generally used to seeing more on a day-to-day -day basis. 
Uh, but if we take a look at the government wide as a whole, uh, I'm not going to read these numbers to you. I did want to point out a few things. That next to last bullet down there, we talk about there's a $29.2 million unrestricted deficit. And a lot of people would take that and go, well, that's a terrible thing. Are we in some kind of financial uh, crisis? And that's absolutely not the case. GASB requires us to report some very significant liabilities on your balance sheet at the government-wide level. And specifically, if you look up at that third to last bullet point there, I say you've got about $55.7 million in your net pension liability, so retirement benefits and your other post-employment benefit liability that we have to report there as well. Uh, and those are incredibly long-term liabilities, things that we're going to pay out over years and years and years of time. So that alone, uh, if we take a look at that, we take that out of the picture, you know, that flips that deficit to about a $30 million, little, little less than $30 million unrestricted positive net position, so a positive bottom line. So again, nothing to be concerned about if you take a look at that and see that. Just wanted to make sure I pointed that, that out to you. And then down there at the very bottom, uh, we did increase our net position or our bottom line at the government-wide level by about $5.1 million this year. <clears throat> if we flip over to the next, looks a little, look a little bit at the general fund. Again, I'm not going to read all these to you. I will say this, looking at that third bullet point, $19.3 million in unassigned fund balance. That's very strong uh, and a very good financial position for your general fund. Because if I go all the way down to that last bullet point, we've got approximately seven months of expenditures in general fund fund balance. So what that means is that if you didn't bring in another dollar, we could make it about seven months on what we have uh, in fund balance right now. Uh, and that's certainly a good spot to be in considering you all are a June 30 year end. Uh, we're about six months, five to six months away from collecting our major uh, revenue source in property taxes, you know, in November and December. So uh, seven months is right about where you would want to be, in my mind, um, as far as your, as your general fund fund balance is concerned. So, so certainly a good thing there. And we always like pictures better than numbers and words on the, on the screen. So uh, this is just taking a look at your general fund revenues. Uh, the, blue, the blue column, uh, your expenditures is the green column. Your fund total fund balance is gray, and then your unassigned fund balance, so it's not restricted in any way or committed or assigned, uh, is the orange. And, and that's a good trend to see. Everything's pretty much increasing. Our expenditures are increasing rateably with our revenues. Fund balance is increasing rateably with those revenues as well. So uh, nothing there that gives me any kind of pause, and, and, and again, certainly good trends to see. Your large uh, enterprise fund or your solid waste fund, Again, uh, nothing here to give me any pause, but it's, it's neater to me to look at it more in a graphical sense. If the blue lines or the blue column is bigger than the green column, that means we have an operating income. So we've pretty much had operating income for every year the last five years except for this year. Uh, but as you can see, that deficit is slowly decreasing as well, and that's what we want to see. We eventually want to see that gray line above the zero, not below the zero. So we're certainly moving in the right direction there. This kind of starts the section where uh, governmental auditing standards require me to communicate certain things to you all. I uh, just want to make sure you're aware that those financial statements, those disclosures in the financial statements, any of your accounting policies, any of your accounting estimates, those are all the responsibility of management. Uh, we had no difficulties in performing our audit, no disagreements with management in the performance of our procedures. We had no uncorrected misstatements. We did have some auditor proposed adjustments, but those all have been posted to the, to the accounting records, no issues there. Uh, and just want to make sure you all are aware that we are independent of the county uh, in accordance with all of the applicable standards of our profession. 
And here's the findings that I, that I mentioned, the, the significant deficiency in a couple of those compliance issues. County of your size, you're going to see a segregation of duties, uh, significant deficiency just about anywhere you go, just because it's not economically feasible to hire enough people uh, to properly segregate duties. So you're going to see that just about everywhere you go at, at a county of, of, of Liberty County size. So again, this is something I think we've reported to you all for, for several years. Um, and, and just wanted to make sure um, we brought it up again, I guess, this year. And then two compliance issues. Again, these are the same as they were last year. Anytime you uh, expend more than, than you had your approved budget, and this was only in two areas this year, which is certainly a, 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 an improvement over the prior year, uh, we have to report that as a compliance type issue. Uh, and then if we don't adopt a budget for certain special revenue funds, we have to report that as a compliance issue as well. So again, um, these are the exact same findings we had last year. We didn't have any more than we had last year, so uh, I think that's certainly a good thing as well. And then finally, one management comment related to succession planning. I think we're seeing this a lot across of all of our governments. Uh, folks in key positions are getting older. They're getting to that point where it might be time to retire uh, or to move on. And uh, just want to make sure that that's kind of on the forefront of our minds is making sure that we've got folks that are uh, being trained or we've got an idea of when we need to, to start planning for um, those folks in those key positions with all that institutional knowledge uh, leaving us uh, in, in the near future. So just again, wanted to bring that to your attention as well. And then finally, uh, just some new GASB standards. We did implement a few this year. We've got a couple coming next year. Nothing that's going <laughs> to... I just heard Kim sigh over there. Um, nothing that should be that big of an issue for us. We're going to work with the finance department on the implementation of those. Shouldn't be a big deal. I know she keeps sighing on me over there, but <laughs> we're certainly going to be there with her every step of the way. So uh, shouldn't be that big of, big of an issue. And then down there at the very bottom, just want to make sure y'all are aware that we provide free continuing education only to our clients, newsletters, and those kinds of things. Uh, I know Kim and, and others have, have taken part in that value-added service, and we're happy that, that they have. Uh, and that pretty much concludes what I wanted to report to you all this evening. Again, it's certainly been a pleasure to serve the county uh, and, and look forward to serving you in the future. If you have any questions, be happy to answer those at this time. Yes, well, Mr. Chairman, I, um, and I've probably been told this before, but I just wanted to be reminded. GASP stands for, what's the acronym? The Governmental Accounting Standards Board. Yeah, I meant to say that. Usually I try to hit on those. You know, we're just like teachers in some cases. We have thousands of acronyms. So, Government uh, Accounting. Accounting Standards Board. Yeah, they're the standard-setting body for governmental accounting. Okay. I promise I won't ask it when you come back. <laughs> that's, that's okay. Um, expenditures in excess of approved budgets. Um, you said... Reoccurring, reoccurring as in the same department, so? No, 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 I, th I think no, it's, it, it's, it ends up being, I think, different department, departments each year, different functions, yeah, but it's, anytime we go over, yeah, we, it's, the state requires us to report it, so. Okay, so on our side, how do we handle that inside the, the county's four walls? Is that something that, that Kim would do in service? On, yeah, I mean, it's just more so amending your budget. If we see we're going to have an overrun at some point, you can always amend your budget, and that can even be done after, uh, even after the fiscal year is over. Yeah. Um, just identifying those and, yeah, just running through a, an amendment to the budget. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned counties outside, so would counties outside also have that same um, As in any here? other county? Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir, yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Not that we can't be better than the other counties. <laughs> 
Yeah. Some some of those actually come after audit adjustments are made. At the end of the year, books have been closed for the fiscal okay. year already. Okay. And they're not actually picked up until until the audit. So there's no way really uh -huh. to go in and amend it before those adjustments are done. That's a very fair statement. And when I was looking over that, when I got the findings and I saw it and I read through it, and I was like, oh, wow. You went over, a, a particular elected official went over by $79. Oh. Wow. Collectively, it is so immaterial, but it's a dollar. I did want to point out two things because I don't want this board to be misled in any kind of way. Your report, because you look at a high level and you um, reserve things that are required by law in the general fund. So your report shows that at the end of June, we had seven months worth of undesignated, unreserved fund balance. Sure. Mm -hmm. Internally, your reports, we actually reserve more than just what's required by law. So I wanted to point that out, that we actually reserve for some of the pension fall that would not be required here shortfall we reserve for the um, solid waste deficit that isn't mm -hmm. required so mm -hmm. that's why when i come before you in june and i tell you we're at about two months or two and a half or three months mm -hmm. of fund balance that's why it differs <clears throat> from his seven because he's doing it just what's required by law we are a little bit more conservative so that we <clears throat> make sure that we're doing even more than what's required by law the other thing I wanted to point out, which is, I, I love this picture because it really shows that we were on top of things. Yeah. Solid waste. This is the year you reset our solid waste assessments. So when the bills went out this year for 2022, we have new solid waste assessments. So this won't happen again because we knew it was time to reset, and that's why we engaged in that study. Mm -hmm. We went through it, we increased it, so that we'll be set again for like the next, hopefully, five years with those rates. Because you see, in the previous years, it worked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we didn't, we never adjusted them, and mm -hmm. costs continued to increase, and so that's why I'm so happy that we've adjusted them in 2022, where we're at mm -hmm. now. That is one other thing sure. I want to point I'm, out. I just want to ask a question. When we reset it, so the little yeah, uh, yellow block, the operating cash flow, will, what will that do to that? Hopefully that'll go back the, up like it that'll was. That'll go up like in uh, 2018? Well, that also or? has to do with when we purchase our fixed assets. We have a five-year fixed asset replacement mm -hmm. plan. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we stay on schedule and sometimes we push it out a little bit not need to replace it that year so that's probably why you saw this go up and then then come down and then uh -huh. come down and then maybe go up so cash flow also has to do with not just what we get in revenue but how we spend it specifically in solid waste on those capital replacement pieces of equipment because those are heavy hitters mm -hmm. well overall Kim I think you and your department's done a great job <laughs> They're already accumulating enough comp time, mm -hmm. so <laughs> slow that down. <laughs> I want to ask one question. Yes, sir. You go back to the, the landfill closures, and now we've been working on that for 23 years. And that. 484,000 
is every year. It, it is a, it, it is a, I believe you have a booked amount we're trying to retire each year. Is that debt? Actually, well. It's saying engineering studies estimate post closure. Oh, 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 oh. Of no. approximately 484. So and so there's a period of time that we actually amortize that cost, and we've been doing so for a while, but every year we have to get an updated amortization schedule that takes in any, into, an, into account any new expenses that the engineer believes that we're going to need, inflation costs, for what they've projected to have to do. That's the part that kind of, you know, as an auditor, you receive numbers um, and if you're out there on the ground, you're saying, why are we still getting charged for something that's been covered up for 23 years? Oh, those methane wells. Uh, I could call that milking it uh, or, you know, doing whatever you want to with it. But that's just unreasonable. Uh, now, I could understand if it was 10,000 acres, but our landfills are not like that. Well, I was actually looking. Yeah, I was actually looking for it. So DNR requires y'all to do that every year. Requires reports to be submitted and everything. And if you remember, it's actually been about four years ago. We engage actually um, environmental engineer out of Savannah under contract that follows up on those reports and/or produces the estimated costs going forward. Uh, Larry Miles, as a matter of fact, and you had to institute some methane wells down there replace some methane wells along with testing of that so it's a dnr requirement well yeah. but but that's not that's a liability yes that's not that's not a one-year expense that is right. your that is your total liability so that's not an expense for the year for them to come for them to, the engineers and for, for what was the, the expense for the year yeah she'll, she'll look at yeah for what's required about $38,000 is what we paid this year. past year. Yeah. No, this that's what we paid this year. Yeah. It can change yeah. and fluctuate. Sometimes it's 50, sometimes it's 30. But the total liability that we are continuing to chip away at and have to do things for is the $400,000 amount that you saw on the balance sheet. We, but the expense that we incurred this year for that was about 38000 Well, so the four hundred is a leftover residual of where the general fund was having to support the solid waste fund years ago. Mm -hmm. And so it's the solid waste fund paying money back to the general fund <coughs> basically for that. Uh, and then the actual expenses incurred is for those engineers that do come out, that 38. I just, you know, if I had a car that was 23 years old and I was having to spend much more than, I mean, I understand yeah. The, yeah. the maintenance part of it, but it just appears to be, and it's just, me, I'm just saying, wait a minute now, you know, you can look at something 15 or 20 years, but it's going on year 23? Yeah, you know, no, normally there was a period of, um, I forgot the term they used, but basically oversight by DNR for a closed landfill was estimated to be about 15 years. And like I said, it's gone on, and it will go on oh. until every bit of that methane is gone, and they certify that it's a clean site. As long as there's methane coming out of those yeah. wells, we will continue to have it. And that is a piece that is programmed into your solid waste fee. It, it is one of those cost components so that's, that's taken in. So that's the only one we've got that you're really concerned with? 
That's the only landfill that we're that has to be monitored. I, I'm just saying, if it were to go up, we're looking at expense somewhere down the line, uh, and I don't know what, what else we could do with it. And uh, we talked several times about using it for some facility that you didn't have to dig in the ground. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I thought there was one at JV Road landfill. No, no, sir. It was well. It was a dry trash. <coughs> it doesn't require the monitoring. It was all dry back then. All dry back then. <laughs> all Thank right. You. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Good, good report, uh, Kim Tekal. Congratulations back to your department, please. <laughs> That's a good way to look at it. <laughs> all right. Uh, coastal work sources here. Sharon Morgan, who's the interim director for several years now. <laughs> uh, she's going to update us a little bit on what's going on with the... Sure thing. Good, um, good to have you. Amen. Thank you for the invite. Well, not quite evening, but I'll go ahead and say good yes, evening. And thank you for the invite. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, we're in a good place in the agenda. When I looked at it, I was like, wow, they got a packed agenda. But I'm coming <laughs> right behind the audit. And uh, one thing I did realized that he did point out was the uh, secession plan. So I think we are coming right behind um, a good spot where I can, I can pick up and talk about what it is that we do um, in Liberty County and pretty much for, for the region. Okay. Thank you. Um, as I looked back um, in our um, archives of, of PowerPoints, we have been here before, but what I did recognize is that we did have a couple or maybe one or one or two new um, uh, county commissioners. So I wanted to kind of give a brief history of, of the funding so that uh, everyone would understand exactly what I was speaking <clears throat> of because I would hate to be before you and you're like, what is she talking about? So um, I don't know if you all remember um, hearing about the JTPA program um, back in the 80s and then uh, uh, CETA program, um, I'm sorry, CETA was in, seven, in the 70s, and JTPA was the 80s, and then we moved to uh, WIA, which was the Workforce Investment Act, and now we're um, in what we call the um, Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act, um, which was put into place uh, in 2014. So our funding comes from the U.S. Department of Labor. Um, and it is then given to all of the states. Um, this program you can find throughout the nation. Um, our administrator is the Technical College System of Georgia. They receive the <coughs> funds from USDOL and they allocate those funds to 19 different areas of Georgia. Um, then the funds are then given to our fiscal agent. Uh, our fiscal agent is um, the city of Savannah. Basically, they are responsible for uh, writing the checks for the different workforce development services that we provide throughout the 10 counties. Um, that is done through our office, the administrative office. Um, we're known as the compliance office. Uh, there we do put out RFPs for the particular services that we need in these 10 counties areas. We also report back to the state who reports back to the feds how these funds are being spent. The funds that are received for workforce development in our 10 county region 
Um, I, what I realized in, in my time at Coastal, I'm not that old, but I've been there since 2006. And um, many of the counties, uh, you know, with transitioning from one commissioner to the next or one chairman to the next, sometimes one mayor to the next, um, they're not um, completely uh, sure as to uh, what the funds are. Some uh, felt that they were uh, supposed to receive a check um, for, for these funds. However, uh, the funds is, is formula money. Uh, we don't have to write a grant for these funds. These funds come to our region automatically every program year. Um, and those program funds begin July 1 of every year. And we have two years to spend these <coughs> funds. Um, and we'll talk about that. I'll explain more of that uh, later in the presentation. But the 10 counties uh, that make up the coastal region is Bryan, Bullock, Camden, Chat Chatham, Effingham, Glen, Liberty, Long, and Mac McIntosh and Striven County. So these workforce investment um, funds uh, are used to get our Americans into jobs that they, they probably couldn't get, in, um, get into on their own. Um, and with that being said, we make sure that they have the proper training um, to move into these jobs. And again, as we spoke about, he spoke, uh, Trey spoke about the, uh, the audit, um, we have to get individuals trained up so they, they can move into these jobs that individuals are retiring from. Um, I have spoken to different employees at different businesses who are really afraid to retire because they feel like, you know, who's going to come in and run this machine? I've been doing this for the last 35 years, you know, and they want to walk away, but some of them are, are really committed to their jobs and they're concerned about who's going to come behind me. So this is something that we are tasked to do with these funds, and in each county, um, our, our marching orders that comes from our chairmen <laughs> um, may be a little different depending on what the needs are for those counties. Um, some counties experience uh, plant closures, um, major layoffs, um, so we will have to go into that county and see what we can do to help those individuals um, get back to work. And in some situations, um, in a neighboring county, we had a situation where there was a large plant that laid off, but someone came in and bought that plant. Um, they hired uh, probably about 95% of the employees. So we went in to make sure that it was a smooth transition um, for those individuals who were um, bothered by the fact that the plant was going to be sold. But it turned out to be a um, good situation in the end, and I'll explain how we did that in a few slides. The funding that we receive, we receive um, three different funding screens, three different pots of money um, to assist our adults, which are 18 years old or older, our dislocated workers who have been laid off from a job due to no fault of their own. Um, some may qualify for funding even if they were terminated, but it all depends on the situation. So in that case, we're looking at those individuals on a case-by-case -case basis. Um, they can also be in a situation where they are unlikely to return to the same type of job or industry. Um, that is some of the case for some of our uh, veterans that are transitioning out of the military. And we'll speak about that in a few moments as well. Um, dislocated workers are also those that we receive a warrant notice for. 
Um, that is a notice that a agency or organization is preparing to uh, lay off their workers. So those individuals that are separated from their job due to no fault of their own automatically qualify for our services. So one example of that would be someone who has been working on a job for 20, 25 years doing the same job, but they feel like they want to do something different, but they don't have the certification for it. That person will automatically qualify and we will be able to assist them with whatever that training is um, and that they have the aptitude and interest to um, be successful in that training. And as for our youth funding, those are individuals ages 16 to 24 who are uh, basic skills deficient, either in reading or math, um, below an eighth grade level, we can assist those individuals. In the past, 75% uh, of our funds was regulated uh, to be spent on out-of-school youth. Those are youth that have uh, graduated from high school and still are basic skills deficient. Some of them are just not strong readers or just not strong in math. Um, or they have dropped out of school. Um, recently and uh, program year 20, we were able to uh, receive a waiver from USDOL stating that we could spend 50% of our funds on out-of-school youth and then 50% on in-school youth. So what that means for out-of-school youth, they may need uh, assistance with uh, achieving their GED or um, just being introduced to, to work, period. Um, again, they would enter into one of our job centers. In this case, they would enter into the Liberty County Job Center. They will receive an assessment to see what their aptitude and interests are, and we will move them forward um, with achieving their, their GED or um, introducing them to the workforce if they have um, little to no work experience. So I spoke about some of the, uh, uh, the ways that we, we spend our funds on uh, workforce development, but there are other ways that we do spend money in Liberty County, and I just want to point that out. Uh, again, in our office, we're responsible for compliance and making sure that our contracts are procured properly um, in order to make sure these services are reaching all 10 counties. Uh, so Ross is our um, contractor for uh, Liberty County. Um, one thing that we um, encourage our contractors to do is to hire uh, local residents when they come into the area. I know oftentimes when you have a company come in, they'll bring people with them from out of the state, but you know we, we encourage them to hire locally and, and they do. Um, we did bring staff with us, but when we got here, we found out we can only bring two people in. So um, somehow you'll meet them at some other point, but we, we did bring them with us so that you can see them. Um, we do coordinate the summer youth program here in Liberty County. Uh, just recently, last summer, we did a fast track manufacturing program um, with the uh, Liberty County Career Academy. Um, we also assist with career fairs. Everyone is uh, short staff um, and looking for employees and they may not have the capacity to put on a job fair, but at the same time, they need to recruit for workers. That is something we can come in and staff can um, assist with. Um, as long as we have uh, what you're looking for, 
We can also uh, screen resumes that you already have. Um, if you don't have time to do that, we have business service reps that could go through those uh, resumes and applications and, and possibly put a, a list of, of people together that you may want to interview. Um, we can also assist with uh, training for public responders. Um, we're also a member of the Liberty County Chamber here. Uh, we assist the ex-offenders program, the SOAR program, uh, with funding for offenders who may want to enter into training once they are returning back to Liberty County. Um, uh, we are partners with the Youth Challenge Program, assisting those individuals who are there working on their GD. Some of them may need um, additional tutorial services, so we have a partner with them, partnership with them. We also have a military services coordinator, uh, Mrs. Shawanda Perry, who is here, who is also a veteran, a retired vet herself. Um, her job is to work with the transitioning soldiers from Fort Stewart, uh, Hunter Army Airfield, as well as uh, the Naval Base down in Camden, but um, making, making sure that their resumes are civilianized. So when they're looking for work, um, the employer actually know exactly what they did um, while they were in the military. She also connects them with jobs. Um, and you also have a business service representative that is um, assigned to Liberty County who's responsible for working with uh, small businesses, medium, large businesses, um, with um, our, what we call our OJT program and IWT, which I, I will explain. And we also do um, these special programs with local government as well. Something Mr. Mosley and I'll be working on. Uh, business service representatives, we have a total of uh, three. One is acting, Ms. Perry is covering the uh, lower end of the region, uh, McIntosh County, Glen County, and Camden. Um, our central region is covered by uh, Danielle Riley, who could not be here tonight. She covers Bryan, Chatham, Liberty, and Long. And our um, northernmost of the region is covered by Janet Jones. Our OJT program that they market throughout the region, again, this uh, program is uh, geared for unemployed and underemployed dislocated workers. So what this means is we are asking businesses to hire individuals that are either unemployed or underemployed. Um, there is a benefit to the business, rather a small, medium, or large. They can receive up to 50% of the training wages for a new hire. So a quick example of that will be someone who um, needs an employee and the salary for that employee is $40,000 a year. They could receive up to 50% uh, of their training wages for six months um, for uh, uh, a result of, of $20,000. So um, those are the type of things that we offer to the business. Um, it must be uh, vacant positions um, in which they require a unique skill set and not necessarily having to go through training or technical college or um, needing a four-year degree. It may be that they just want to train them on the job. So they can come in, hire that individual, um, again, the median, 
the living wage for Liberty County um, from the workforce development software that we have is uh, $14.65. So someone that is making less than that and is not unemployed, but they are underemployed, they can still participate in this OJT program. And we also have an incumbent worker training program. This is for individuals that are already on the job, but they need to skill up. So a prime example would be um, a company that has a new machine. Um, and everyone has to learn how to operate this new machine um, in order to maintain uh, productivity as well as their job. So this is usually something that we offer to, um, again, businesses, uh, local government, to assist with skilling up individuals in their program, I'm sorry, in their agency. And again, um, you all can receive up to 90% of the training wages based on the size of the organization. Here are some of the community partners we have worked with. Um, and we are, are steadily growing, like uh, Chairman Lovett said. There are things going on in uh, Liberty County. Um, that's why we try to stay connected to uh, the Chamber, the Developmental Authority, uh, Savannah Technical College. Uh, I've met uh, Mr. Mosley when I came to sit with uh, Mr. Uh, Chairman Lovett. And um, again, we'll be working on some projects together, trying to spend some more of these funds here in Liberty County. So again, how do you access these services? You access these services um, by uh, walking into one of our job centers. Our job center is located here on ML King, and I will update you on that story in a few moments, um, but our responsibility at the admin office is to make sure that these services are able to be accessed in these 10 counties. Um, we are also responsible to make sure these services um, are, are offered in all of our job centers with great customer service. Um, one thing we, we want the public to know, um, inside our job centers, you have internet and uh, faxing um, access we provide workforce development workshops. We have a public notary. We can also assist with resume development or um, revising your resume if you have one, um, assist with interview skills, job searching, training opportunities, and of course, work-based learning. And our training opportunities and work-based learning, of course, you have to be eligible for the program, but again, you can access those services by talking to one of our opportunity coaches. Financial update. So what I want to point out here is um, while we are struggling to get individuals to get back to work, um, we're also having, um, I wouldn't say difficulty, but our numbers are uh, less than in the past. And of course, it's being affected by the pandemic, but at the same time, we are charged to make sure that these services are accessible in our 10 counties. So this is where um, you all come in, helping us market the program as well as we on the other side developing the program. So right now we are in what we call a 
program year 21. Um, we received our allocations for all three of the funding screens. They were uh, reduced in PY 2021. Um, there is a formula that is used by the federal government as to how much they will give to each state. Um, the state also has their formula to determine how much will be given to the 19 areas. So we did receive a slight cut um, for PY21. Um, we did receive uh, additional funding for individuals that were laid off due to COVID. Uh, we are spending those funds, um, but we do have um, the ability to allocate more funds to training um, from funding we had left over from PY 2020. So um, PY 21, our formula grant allocation was reduced by 7%. Uh, we rolled over uh, an estimated $3 million from PY 20. Um, we were in um, the middle of the pandemic at that time and not very many people were going into training from PY20. So we were able to roll the second year funds over into PY21. So we were able to increase our expenditures. We have more money for training, and we also have more money for business services, such as those programs I just spoke about, which is the OJT and the IWT program. So our formula funds um, from PY20 this is where we are with spending. Um, our finance uh, administrator, she just closed out uh, December. So we may be a little higher, but I wanted to present exactly what has been presented to our board um, without uh, showing you the, uh, the actual numbers before it's been presented to them. So these were the last numbers reported um, to our board, and this is where we are. And this is from PY20. So this is why we were able to roll over um, those funds because we did not expend all of them, and but we're on track to expend them by June 30th, 2022. And here is where we are right now with um, program year 21. Uh, we have not expended uh, any of our adult funds or the dislocated worker funds because we still have um, a pot of money over here. So we are uh, charged to spend the, the first funds in and those are the funds that go out. So once we complete um, the expenditures from uh, PY20, we will then move into PY21 and begin spending those funds. And the reason why um, we're at 63% on our youth funds is because that contract has already been awarded. So here's an update on our job center. Um, on April 13th, uh, we experienced a fire at our uh, WorkSource Coastal Job Center located um, on Martin Luther King Drive, right across from uh, the uh, police department. I don't know if you all had an opportunity to go over there right after it happened, but I just thought I'd share some pictures with you as to um, what it looked like that night. And here's where we are um, as it stands, uh, January. Um, the landlord is moving forward with um, rehabbing the uh, center. Uh, we have 
placed an order for furniture. Um, thanks to this board, we were able to share space with the uh, SOAR reentry program um, right behind this building. So that's where staff is um, meeting with um, citizens and customers of the program, participants of the program. So again, I would like to publicly thank you for that. Um, right now, that's where we are located until this building is, is complete. Um, we have a deadline provided to us of completion by the landlord of late February. So I have a list here of staff members. Again, they were invited. Um, some were able to make it, um, the ones that were here. Of course, um, we'll have to bring them back at, at another time. But I do have Mr. Brad Speck here, who is the Director of Operations. Brad is responsible for making sure these services run smoothly um, on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, his team consists of a lead opportunity coach who make sure that these individuals are eligible for the program. And our opportunity coaches are just that. They speak with uh, the potential participants to uh, find out what their interests are um, and just show them how to get there. Um, again, a lot of our youth, um, we would say, well, you know, they don't know what they want to do, but that's their job, to help them figure out what they want to do. And once they figure out what it is <clears> that they want to do or think they want to do, um, their job is to show them how, how to get there. Um, again, we have a receptionist, a resource room specialist um, who can assist with resumes, um, um, also uh, notary services, uh, fax, copy, anything. Those things are free to the public. Uh, you don't have to be a part of the program. You could just be... Uh, I don't know, at the school. And they said, well, ma'am, you need to get this form notarized. And of course, people are like, well, you know, where am I going to find a notary? Here, at the center. So um, that service is provided. Then we have Mrs. Perry, who's here, um, who works with the military um, vets who are, are transitioning out. And then we have Danielle Riley, who is your business service representative. So any questions? Um, t tell me what's what's in queue for you and Mr. Mosley. <laughs> now you're going to hold me. <laughs> hold my feet to the fire. But my wheels was turning as I was sitting there. Um, I'm going back to secession again. Um, we simply have to come up with some type of programming so that we have these individuals in the pipeline. Um, again, I was um, started with Coastal in 2006, and I remember a time where we weren't working with the school system directly at all. Um, and that's where it starts. And that's why I'm glad we do have a partnership with Liberty County High School, with Bradwell, uh, Youth Challenge, um, most recently the Liberty County Career um, Academy, because again, they need to know how to get there, um, and, and that's where uh, we come in. Um, you have different departments where, let's face it, all of our, our kids, all of our youth are not gonna go to college. They may just wanna go to work because they grew up and that's all they've seen. Um, no one in their household may have gone to college, so they want to work. So again, we have to expose that to them. 
Um, I think that's the experience that we all have had. Um, and we ended up here because somebody exposed us to it. So that is, is my goal for Liberty County, um, to make sure that there is exposure to these different types of training um, through partnerships, um, whether it's directly or indirectly, um, we have to get them exposed to these different types of jobs if we want to retire. Yeah. The summer, you know, uh, you, said you had the summer youth program there. Of course, you know, we have our program. We talked about that. Uh, Correct. But I know you have certain criteria. That's the, to, to me, that's the, um, how do you say it, the complication, the complexity of, of, uh, of the program. Mm -hmm. You said reading on what, eighth grade level? Mm -hmm. you know? um, and that's just one of them. Um, there are other mechanisms in place. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. I don't want to get into that because right. this, this thing is huge. Well, just, um, right. The act itself is over 1,500 pages. So, I mean, okay. we could be here all so, night, but I heard somebody say, come on, let's get this thing over with before up. we got started. So um, just know that there are, okay. are some mechanisms in place to, all right. to make this That's what we need to know happen. then. Y'all work it. Yep. Okay. Chairman, I have a question. Yes, sir. Uh, just one question. I'm, uh, I guess I'm on acronyms. One of your slides said the WARN Act. What, what does WARN stand for? Um, that is... Uh, I, I got the GASB. That's the, <laughs> the Georgia yeah, Account and Safety Board. I, I, I got that. I'm, I'm going to get a tattoo You're getting smart about a minute. Though, but um, but the WARN, I didn't know what that was. But, but, yeah, but that's it, the layoff notice. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Miss um, uh, Morgan? Yes. I'm the public works director on um, on my day job. On your day job. And, and, and I'll, I'll like to um, give you my card, okay. and, and maybe if, if you got one, but but I I need to get in contact with somebody. We we, we got a a lot of openings, or we gonna have a lot of openings um, this within the next couple of months out at Public Works. We have a contractor mm -hmm. cut grass on Fort Stewart and Hunter Armor Airfield, and all the grass that you see in Hinesville, Georgia, we have to cut that for the most part. Okay. So we, we, we're going to be hiring. Now, I know people come in, and they in your program, they get training and all kind of stuff like that. But, um, you know, we're we, we going to have vacancies galore. Mm -hmm. So I, I would like to come down, and uh, either you or someone that um, – that can call me at that number and we set up a meeting, I would really like to come and see um, if we can, you know, through your program, um, get some people um, that, that, that want to work um, like by, by 6.30. I mean, that's, that's, how, that's how bad we need them. I understand. Okay, so just uh, give me a call. I'm, um, I, I know I got to go to Douglas on Wednesday, mm -hmm. but I'll, I'll be in Hinesville um, and, and Call me even if I'm in Douglas. We could set up a meeting, and I, I know where your office is—the um, new office and the one that um, that was destroyed by fire. So, um, you know, if someone can give me a call, I'd be glad to come in and sit down and talk with them. If y'all got some people that's that's coming through there for whatever reason and they're looking for work, we could put them to work. Okay, sounds good. Okay, thank you. She's any other questions? She, she's asking us to also help them to get the word out about the services they provide. Um, they got. They have all these <laughs> buckets of money. <laughs> yes. That they need to spend. Yep. Uh, so we got to get folk in there um, to, to get them qualified, so, so they can take advantage of the program. And we will. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Did you all want to say something? Good evening. Good evening. Good to have y'all. Thank you. All right.
in the cup she gave out, both her business card and my business card is in each of the cups. It's in there? Okay. 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 Oh, it's in here? He's already got a job. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thank, oh, you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you guys for coming. I'm, I'm, Thank you. I'm, I'm calling and set up an appointment, and, and, and I'll, I'll be there. Look forward right. to what you and Mr. Moses are going to work out. Yeah. Right. Some of you the program. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, ARPA, SBA Assistance Overview. Who's presenting? Actually, Mr. Chairman, if we could hit the ADP. I missed one? Yes, yes sir. Yeah, yeah, I did, didn't I? If it's me. Okay. It sure is. ADP. <laughs> uh, while Kim's coming, uh, this is a, a program, as they'll get in, she and Laura will describe, on the electronic payroll process that, that will help with efficiencies. Uh, money for the program is budgeted in your approved ARPA budget uh, for five years going forward, started in, starting in uh, FY22. Okay. Um, I've laid on front of you um, some talking points that we just want to kind of highlight for you, and I just want to let you know that probably over the last six months we have been researching and trying to identify ways to help finance and human resource and our, and our workforce um, come into this <coughs> new technology world and to eliminate a lot of uh, manual processes. So in doing that, um, early on in 2021, I actually worked with the Sheriff's Department as they searched out for a timekeeping system. And I worked with them very closely in that, selecting that, um, and they've implemented that. It's worked well. It's worked very well for them, so they're not on the manual timesheets. However, that timekeeping system does not do payroll processing or any type of benefits administration. It's strictly timekeeping, and it's more geared for timekeeping in the law enforcement public safety sector. So when we were looking at different companies and options, um, we looked at ADP. ADP was the best one that we looked at and researched and interviewed. And we also found out that Novatime can feed directly into ADP, that they've already worked with Novatime. So that's a seamless match right there. Um, but I do want to go over some, some high points of kind of where we've gotten to this point. For, um, for the most part, we're manual. Oh, we're very manual. Wow. <laughs> we're, we're very manual. Ladies and gentlemen, that is not good news. It is not good news, <laughs> and, and it's really been taxing on our employees. Oh, that is not good news. Especially in the last yeah. few years. Yeah. Um, and so I'll just start off with the first one, sure. the biggest bullet point in my mind. Our workforce has doubled in 15 years, doubled. Now, mind you, my staff hasn't. <laughs> um, although we have shifted in, in finance over the last, I'm going to say 10 years, five to 10 years, we've shifted a lot of the HR stuff that we used to do a poor job at over to Laura, mm -hmm. and now Laura and her full-time assistant, who are able to actually make that um, initial contact with that person and the benefits administration a much more, um, 
I don't know, uh, um, when they come in to process and when they go out to process, and any type of interaction has been so much more than we ever did. Um, one of the big things that Mr. Brown just said is we have the money in our ARPA fund to do this. So this won't impact the general fund at all. Um, and it is ARPA qualified because it does eliminate that contact, that one-on-one -on -one contact that we currently have to have mm -hmm. for turning in those manual timesheets and for keying that stuff and, and, and er, er, assigning them and, and everything. Um, our current payroll system right now does not produce the type of reports that we have to provide for both CARES and ARPA. So any reports that we have been submitting, I've been creating. So what I have to do is I have to run several different reports out of a system and then create our own spreadsheets and our own reports that I then upload to the state and to the federal agencies for our grant reporting. Very time consuming. Um, Comprehensive automated system will integrate that timekeeping process, payroll processing, and benefits administration. It will help reduce errors. It eliminates all that time-consuming stuff that goes on right now just to process payroll. If you'll remember a couple years ago, we actually had to shift our payroll weeks because we couldn't get it done. I mean, it was just physically we did not have the time to do it. So we actually had to change our pay weeks so that we had enough time to get that information into the system and then transmit, transmit that information to the bank. Creates a lot of errors, a lot of review. Um, I have two people right now in my department who so far this year have used over 100 hours of comp time and still have 80 hours of comp time on the books to use, which means they're not using their annual leave. So that's, building up. And so when they use their comp time, really all that does is make more work for them when they come back. Um, so there, it's, we've, we've been feeling the weight, and like I said, most specifically in the last two years, because we have brought on, oh gosh, I wanna say 50, 60, maybe 70, 80 people just in the last two years. And that's a lot mm -hmm. for a little department. And what used to take one person two days mm -hmm. now takes two people three days. And, and it's very manual. And the stack of timesheets <laughs> two and a half to three inches thick. Yeah. Just every department and office is sending in a spreadsheet. And it's very mm -hmm. tedious. And no matter how often... I fix the formulas on there. Somebody inevitably, somewhere out there, who doesn't understand that timesheet, mm -hmm. messes up that formula. Then different. when it gets to us and we're looking at it, we're like, that, that's not calculating right. Something's happening. So somebody's paid wrong. And they have to yeah, the correction. Retro pay and, and that sort of stuff. And it turns out to be that somebody just messed up a formula. Um, in going to this, it'll be an automated system that simplifies not only the, the timekeeping, the payroll processing, but it'll help simplify the 941 tax filings, the quarterly tax filings, the year-end tax filing and reportings, such as the W-2s and the 1095-Cs, which 
Laura is significantly involved with right now. Very manual process for her as well. I didn't even, I didn't even go back and look at her comp time, <laughs> which I'm sure she's taken plenty. Um, it also provides an automated deduction and garnishment payments, which right now we're having to do manually. Once we deduct it, then we, we have to voucher it, give it over to AP, they enter it, they cut the check. This would all be integrated, done once, everything handled. Um, it provides an accurate tracking of annual leave, sick leave, comp time, um, which is huge, overtime, and it provides real-time balances not only to the department heads, but to the employees. So, you know, we talk about comp time. I wish I could get my hands around the way that some people are tracking comp time, because comp time, everybody tracks it differently, and, and we don't have a system right now that tracks it and how it should be tracked. But this would track not only vacation and sick leave, but comp time, overtime, and it would be readily available to the department heads and the employees on real-time basis. The other thing it would help track is when employees are out on family and medical leave or workers' compensation leave, right now we're taking a yellow highlighter and highlighting on the spreadsheet the days that we think are FMLA from the supervisor, and then I'm tracking that in another spreadsheet. Um, when really, when you have an automated system, you can code a time as it's entered by the user, and it would just be so much simpler for that as well. Yeah, I mean, we, we get through King, um, and we take this big stack over to Laura and say, here you go, now you do what you need with it. She does what she does, and she brings it back to us, and then we file them. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> um, it also, um, a cloud-based system then keeps all the time and attendance records in one place, provides a reliable audit trail, and it minimizes the risk of data corruption as well. It also, um, this particular system, because this was very important to us, has several options of clocking in. So you don't, you, I mean, you can, depending on the type of work you do, you can either clock in on your phone, and you can make it such that that phone has to be in a certain radius, half mile, mile of a particular location. Because sometimes certain crews don't go to a time clock. They go to the job site. Mm -hmm. They could get to the job site and clock in because they're within a certain radius of what we say they have to be. Or they can use a time clock. Or they can use a biometric. Or they can sign in in a computer. I mean, there's vast variety of ways with their phone of clocking in and clocking out. It also eliminates or deters very much, almost eliminates the whole buddy clocking system. So somebody can't clock in and out for me. Or you. I, I have my own <laughs> user ID unique to me, whether I you know, do a biometric, whether I use my phone, whether I go to a computer, you know, whatever it is, it's going to be unique to me. Um, and believe it or not, when you have a manual system where you just Eight hours, eight hours, eight hours, hours. 40 hours a week. Did that person really work 40 hours? Or did they get here 20 minutes late on this day and leave 10 minutes late or early on this day? So at the end of the week, you know, do you have 30, 40 minutes for how many employees? It's not, I don't want to call it stealing time, but it's just, it happens. It happens in a manual process. Somebody will write down eight hours. You're clocking in and clocking out. Whatever method we use, 
you're going to get paid for the hours that you worked. Um, it also it also modernizes, streamlines operations, and it does provide employee satisfaction because of the interaction and in the user experience. They can view their pay stubs uh, on their phone online. They can change their tax withholdings. They can update their mailing address, switch direct deposits, view their leave balances. There's so much that the employee can do without having to come up here and actually physically you know, sit in one of our offices and fill out a paper or send it to us. They can do it all on their own. It's completely interactive. We have talked to other users of ADP. I've had experience, although it's been years ago, with ADP. And we just feel it is the best company to go with. Now, it will not eliminate a job, but it certainly will prevent us from having to hire somebody else right now to help with that load which has become increasingly a struggle. So what we're asking for, really, is permission from the board to go ahead and engage the process and ask for a contract from them so that we can have your blessing once you get the contract to review it, sign it, to move forward with this. As I mentioned, we did put it in your ARPA budget, so this won't be any cost to the general fund. I think it'll be a huge improvement. I think it'll put us in the modern age technology. It definitely will attract, you know, some more tech savvy users who will probably look at the way we do things right now and say, why are we doing this? This is the system we have. Yeah. Mr. Chairman, mm -hmm. um, Kim, will this require like other departments to have a software package also, not just your office for their employees? They, they they will come in and every department will be attached to to your that main one server. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. And it eliminate all this paper that could save money also. Yes. Right. You'd log into a website. Uh-huh. You have a dashboard, for right. example for mm -hmm. department head, for example. Mm -hmm. Okay. They could see who's here, who's not here. Who's clocked in, where they are, where yes. they clocked in at, mm -hmm. the time they clocked in, when they left. Right. So you don't have any idea of the cost? Yeah, we estimated, and we got it, uh, an estimate from them, about 123000 plus like a $10,000 setup fee. So it is in within, now I don't have the actual contract in front of me, That's but fine. our guess is it's going to come somewhere close to 133000 134000 for the program and the implementation, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Okay, so sounds good. We had an initial cost. There's a recurring, yes, just like with anything be. else, there's a software recurring cost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just like Any I have a, a software yes. recurring yeah. cost mm -hmm. for ours. Mm -hmm. Okay. Else we had it at Liberty Regional. Yeah. We did have it at Liberty Regional. And That's then, right. And then we decided to go with something that was supposedly better. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> we hurriedly found our way back to ADP. <laughs> they, they, are a, they are a nationally recognized yeah. leading technology. The, the managers, we loved it. We it, loved it. We loved it. Is. it. I've worked with them before. Like I said, yeah. it's been several years and many, many years ago when at a previous employer, but I thought they were the Cadillac of mm -hmm. timekeeping, payroll processing, benefit administration. Yeah. They've only gotten better. Well, commissions, I tell you, um, the day has come and gone with, with this manual process that these ladies mm -hmm. are doing. I just can't imagine you doing all that paperwork. I remember that, though, but that's been some years ago. 
that we did that and employee can't even uh, track their balances without coming to you guys or calling you know no 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 there's a Mr. chairman yes. yeah I, um Kim this uh and Laura this is great presentation I was um you had me sold when you said the workforce is double in 15 years and I think you said a couple of times it's 2022 <laughs> and um, and uh, and that is the opera funds can be used yeah. I mean um, it's, it's, all these other all these other bullets that that help help justify that but uh, <laughs> but I was sold okay. round 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 mm. six round 630 I was so but but I, I, I do have one question now you, you did mention something in um, about um, employees late for work mm. where, where would it, they they would clock in on on their phone or you have to be in close proximity it depends it, it depends however you set it up so mm. if if you wanted that person to be able to clock in you know at a certain location or within a mile of that location because maybe their job site is not really at that shop but they have to go over here mm -hmm. then they could go straight to their to their job site and clock in. Wouldn't the forget there. And it wouldn't allow you to clock in if you were in Gum Branch. Mm. Right. But it allow you to clock in once you get within within that, that range, perimeter. That, that perimeter. Mm. You well, could either use your phone, or you could use a, a punch card. You could use biometrics. You could use a computer terminal. Mm -hmm. it, it's whatever best suits each department. So it doesn't have to be uniform. It could be specific to that department. So my people, I would assume, would clock in when On they the get computer. to the computer. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I, I'll, I'll just let y'all know I'm, I'm a little finicky about be, being on time. I, uh, I came here one morning, and um, I don't know what, what the work hours are, but I parked right there where I normally park. And I um, was a, quite a few in the parking lot at 810. Maybe that's his starting hours. Uh, well, a few came in at eight twenty. I, I can promise may, you. May, may, maybe that was his starting hour. But but you but, but you. Eight hours I, I was I was thinking um, it was eight o'clock. But You're right. But um, you know, but you know, may, maybe it was on that particular day. Eight ten was the new starting day. But but that that's a whole nother story. And I know better than that. It's eight o'clock, or it's after eight o'clock. Right. And, and you did say um, one, one concern that I have, and it is. Uh, information technology and um, everybody is not there I, I know some of the guys that worked I know some of the workforce and um, and there still would be some uh, I got them out there with me all that public works that um, you know they, they they don't they don't do that now you got a lot of them um, uh, my, my four-year-old son grandson not, not son, good lord. <laughs> my my four-year-old grandson um, was um, ordering something on Amazon. Okay, for Amazon pickup. Now he he doesn't have a credit card, <laughs> but 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 he he said that he was gonna put it on mine if I give if I give him the number. So so he's he he's has the he's computer. He's got before. it. But but we got some guys that's thirty-five and forty that can't. So they they they're gonna still need. Um, Right. A, a little something, you know, so, and, and I'm quite sure the supervisor, maybe exactly. the coworker, somebody will help them. But um, they, um, it ain't gonna be a one size fit all. No, it's but, not. but 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 it would help um, a, a lot of this stuff, and um, and, and I'm, I'm I'm for it. 
I think it would really be eye-opening to you the first time somebody it's, it's, and I didn't get 40 hours I got mm -hmm. I got 38 point what mm -hmm. amazing and mm -hmm. in, in a span of two weeks but yes there would be a variety of things to the point where it could even be a supervisor of that crew right then you know sign everybody mm -hmm. in it, it could be however we want it set up to suit that particular department. So I yes, I agree with you. Okay. And mm -hmm. I go to my grandchildren all the time to help with my phone. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I, I get it. Right. Yes. Human resources were always there. We would be there to help mm -hmm. any employee that still needed assistance. Right, yeah. Okay. At Liberty they use biometrics, they use a computer phone, or, or we could swipe. Yeah, or you yeah. can swipe, or you can have swipe. a badge mm -hmm. and swipe. There's a swipe. multitude mm -hmm. uh, of options. Well, for the self service things too. Yeah. You know, if they needed to come in, mm -hmm. something. Oh, sure. Person. Yes, it's always going to be yeah. something. There, there's yeah. always going right. to be some of those. That's right. There's always going to be some. Yeah. 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 You never replace the humans. No. But, but, mm -hmm. it, but it far outweighs that. You, you know, we, we could handle that. That's I mean, you know. correct. Like I said, it's such an opportunity to be given the funds mm -hmm. that will support yeah. this change, yeah. which is huge. Mm -hmm. um, so I just think it's the time. It's the right time. It's the time to move on it, have the funding that doesn't impact our general fund. You're right, I could have stopped right there. Mm -hmm. yeah. but, but I mean, the way I look at it, if, if he can operate that motor grader, <laughs> the least we can do is uh, help him with his timesheet. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would agree with you. Okay. And, and we will. We'll, we'll yeah. make sure it's not a burden. Okay. Kim, just one question. Uh, you, you talked about uh, the other departments. Of course, you each department will have this a training session and whether it's the clerk's office or anybody and of course their supervisor will have to approve it before it comes to you right because if it don't if it comes to you it's not approved no. by mm -hmm. the supervisor then it's kicked out no, it, 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 it has to go That's through that review kind of, it kind of threw me to. there for a loop where a fellow here on Friday at 3 o'clock says oh I got to get time in today because uh, and he says, oh, the time went in, I'm good. I'm going to crank my truck up and go to the house. I don't get, but I just want to make sure because, you know, we, we had the same thing that uh, basically, you know, the employees would turn their time in, it would come to me, I'd approve it, and then, it, mm -hmm. you know, right. you want to look and make sure if it's FMLA, if it's sick leave, if it's uh, any flags anything that's out there mm -hmm. yep. I, and i and i guess we've already or you have if that'll be your next move is to communicate with constitutional officers saying hey this is what we're going to be looking at and uh, you're going to be the one getting the grumbling we're not right, right yes and and i agree i mean any change any conversion any change is uncomfortable mm -hmm. but i really believe that once employees the, and supervisors see the benefit yeah you know get used to it and mm -hmm. are trained on it i think they will also they will. we we came back it. to it I, 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 <laughs> like i said any change yeah. is uncomfortable yeah. any conversion is uncomfortable. and even talking to them this is going to be probably a six month task because they've got to they've got to incorporate all of our rules all of our shifts whether it's ems whether it's fire 24 hour mm -hmm. shift 12 hour shift mm -hmm. 10 hour shift you know there's a lot to do so it's not something that's going to happen in a month mm -hmm. this is going to be a conversion process mm -hmm. and they will go through each department and identify their needs identify their work process their workflows and see what fits best but yes well, you're right i will be the one going to commission get and you know that 
it, it's your idea, it don't make any difference who they are. If it's the greatest thing in the world, is somebody going to... Yeah. I mean, I understand the timekeeping, and I didn't have the 16 folks, you know, so it was hard enough for me to get it in on time. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm in favor of whatever's going to, you know, help you get that, this problem solved. Mm -hmm. uh, they were good for customer service, too. I remember that. Oh, they are, they are the, I call them the Chick-fil-A yeah. mm -hmm. of the payroll processing because they are number one in customers. Oh, good for that. Okay. What, what do you need from if us? We could get a motion and a second to engage a contract. All right, Chair, take a motion. Mr. Chairman, I'll make a, a motion that we uh, proceed with the automatic uh, data processing that Kim presented. Second. second. Motion and a second. Any further discussion? All in favor, raise your right hand, please. We will bring the um, contract back for your approval in February. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, yeah uh, Kim, I, just, just a, a word of advice. I, I don't know if y'all remember the O.J. Simpson's trial, but when they laid all that information, Johnny Cochran, Johnny Cochran won the case when he said if the that there's such thing as too much information. <laughs> I mean, so you, you had me at the third bullet. Okay. 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 Thank you. All right. ARPA now. Mr. Chairman, just as a lead in, and Mr. Mosley is kind of going to run with this. Um, we've got a, a draft of some recommendations that we told you to bring to you uh, regarding the process involved with um, uh, award of funds to small business, nonprofit small business associations out of the ARPA fund. Um, as you recall, we gave a brief overview on this with uh, a partnership with United Way. Um, which is also budgeted in the ARPA fund for dissemination of these funds. Um, so, Ms. Christine Hopkins, uh, excuse me, Hopkins Graham from United Way is also here uh, that can answer questions on that process. It's a process they've been implementing and using for a couple of years now for City of Savannah and uh, Chatham County uh, to help uh, give their funds out. So, I'll let Mr. Mosley run with it as far as the overview uh, of the proposed program. All right. Chair. And members of the board, I'm going to ask Ms. Graham to come forth. Uh, I'm going to do one sheet, and she's going to do the second sheet, and then Ms. Brown and I will conclude with the third sheet that you have before you. Got that many sheets? You'll notice the sheets. The first sheet will be the sheet that uh, has red highlighting, oh, and the second it. sheet will be the application, and the third sheet will be the actual contract with the uh, United okay. Way Coast Empire. All right. Okay. Ready. Good evening. How are you? Hello. Um, so, as Mr. Brown stated, uh, we have been working with Chatham Savannah um, since the pandemic started to help get those funds out to the citizens with rental assistance, utility assistance, mortgage assistance, and things like that. We have also given out small grants, helped them with assisting the nonprofits in their community with giving small grants to be able to continue with their work within the community. So we have a process set up that has worked pretty well for us with the reporting and everything. So we're going to, our suggestion is to mimic that process that we used when we uh, did those funds with the uh, Savannah Chatham County. So what we propose is that we're going to designate one of our 211 representatives to specifically handle the calls for the Liberty County ARPA applications. So what that means is, that will not dial directly into 211 by dialing 211, but we'll have an actual number with one contact person that will be responsible for taking all those applications, answering questions, and what have you, and also the submission of those documents. So they'll have that email address, 
and it'll all be that one person to cut down any type of confusion and also be able to keep up with, you know, the timestamp and submission date. Once those applications are submitted to that representative in 211, she will forward those applications, the completed applications, to our office where I will review them for completion and eligibility, making sure they're viable businesses, verifying the loss and the documents, the business license is good, and, and they're good standing within our county. So we propose that this will be a 45-day application period. So we'll just continue that process for all 45 days. And as I get those completed applications, I'll set them to the side. And once that process, once that 45 days is over, I'll present those to uh, Mr. Brown or Mr. Mosley. Okay. So um, at that time, the decision will be made for what the grant awards will be uh, to each individual to make sure that you guys have the final approval for that. Um, after that such time, we will collect documentation for data to make sure that, uh, to document what the funds were utilized for so we can track that. And, and we will be keepers of that documentation and keepers of that data, and I can do any type of presentation you need as requested to give you that information. Okay. So we are, uh, we would like for all the applications to be submitted online. That's just a better way for time stamping, but we understand that not everyone has that capability. So we will accept applications within our office. When they come into the office, I will timestamp them and have that business owner to initial the timestamp so that we know that's the date and time and they're agreeing to that as well. Also to cut down any type of confusion with that. Hey, I, I have one question. I'm, I'm um, a little baffled here. I'm the okay. public works director doing that day job, but um, where's Olive Street in Hinesville? It's Olive. Oh, Olive. Olive Street, right across typo. the street. Oh, yeah, I live on Olive. Okay. okay. Yes, typo. Oh, typo. Okay. Yes, I mm -hmm. said, man, I'm slipping it for a new street in Olive. You got to pick up trash over there. That's right across, right across from Bradwell. Olive. Yes, sir. Olive Street. Olive Street. Mm -hmm. okay. Mr. Chairman. Right. Okay, we got that. Yes, Mr. Chairman, I had a question. Could, yeah. Will these funds, are they only available to unincorporated businesses or yeah. countywide? So, so we're going to kind of expand um, based on what the commission had, or at least we thought we understood from the commission uh, recommendation is they would be countywide. I think there, there was some expression of that uh, in an earlier meeting. That's certainly up to the board to decide. That is one of the questions uh, that we've got tonight, along with approval of the proposed process that we'd really like to kick off March 1st. Uh, it'd be a 45 day submission window, uh, similar to what you do on your uh, historical grant funds uh, right. with the other. Mm -hmm. uh, once they complete the application process, those are all submitted over here to us, and then our staff actually will do a second check of those for compliance with the ARPA regulations. Uh, and then we would come to the board and, and let you know how many businesses we have that have applied. Uh, based on the funding that you've got, you would decide then on the allocation, just like you really do, uh, with the historical funds and with the uh, I believe it's where the Fraser Center applies, but the, the other funding criteria that you have, thank you, 
Yes, the date funds uh, that you would decide how much then based on those number of businesses you want to allocate to each business. So does the and the city of Hasville being the largest entity, do they have money to distribute for this they, type? They do, and and they did. It did. Okay. Um, okay. And we note on the application process. Uh, ask. Ask. Have you received the money from any else other source? So that we do that, I think it's I think it's safe to say too. Rather than try to recreate the wheel and for consistency for businesses to understand, we didn't deviate much from what the city did here. Uh, there were some things that we did, I think, to make it easier uh, for the businesses to apply based on documentation they had to submit for y'all. But we thought that'd be easier on the businesses countywide too, where they had an understanding of a general same process that was in there. I was just wanting to make sure I, I seem. You had the application. I had it earlier. Yes, ma'am. That's the other. Is that like. that? That's the the first step. I had it right there. You can submit them online as well as uh, they will. They will be available to assist. Sit down and assist uh, applicants if they come by the office. They'll be they'll be available to assist. Okay, Mr. Mosley. Yes, sir. Can there be a dual application? What I meant by that, I think we talked about this earlier. If someone applies and applies with Hinesville, can they come back and apply with the county too? Yes, sir. Oh, is, yeah, right, right now, we, based on what we understood, mm -hmm. again, some initial discussions of the board were that they didn't want to exclude anybody, <laughs> that they would like for, for you to be able to apply for the county funds even if you got other funds. Because some people are trying to accumulate enough funds for their particular project. So it may take some funds from Hinesville, some funds from the county you know, to, to get that done. So we didn't want it to exclude them. They have to let us know in here that they did so. And I'm not sure. So if there's a person who's only received funds from one source, then that's a consideration for the committee, I guess, for the commission too. Sure, sure it would be. And I, you know, so, something to note there too. So, you know, the ARPA guidelines are real specific about certain things that are in here. They have to show a loss that was associated with ARPA in a designated funding source for them and show that documentation because um, it is it will be the commission that's on the hook for audits and everything related to those funds. Do, do anybody know if, if you put an application for Hinesville, is that for all of the county or is it just for Hinesville? I think it's just for I think it was city. just for Hinesville. Hinesville. So yeah. Hinesville is just for Pinesville, uh, and ours would be for for sure. all of Liberty County. It would be so. If you get the mm -hmm. second one, it'd be because Hinesville gave you one, and we. Mm -hmm. hmm. And that's totally up to y'all. I mean, again, there had been some initial discussion about about that, um, but that that is a decision y'all need to make uh, before the application window opens. Yeah. Um, the. Um, March 1, you hope to kick it off? That's when we want to kick it off, and, and um, we, we designate on how I want to read, read to you, but it's, you know, there'll be several ways that we get the word out. Uh, one, obviously, is through the media, the media sources that we can do. They also have a tremendous outreach network, so, you know, they'll blast that on their sites. We'll blast it on our sites and everything on Facebook, Chamber. You know, we'll use our media sources, obviously, to get that out. That'll take a little time to ramp up. Um, about 30 days. That's the reason. You know, we, we knew the urgency of the board and wanting to be able to yeah. disseminate that. And so people are knocking we've been on trying our doors to, as a team, push hard to, yeah. to hit that window for you. Well, I, I guess, uh, 
Go ahead, Conahan. Go ahead. I was just looking on this page three under the certificates of acknowledgement. It does say, um, is this a duplicative? Have you received from mm -hmm. these funds from another source? Well, well, it, but so but is it that says, the ARPA funds? If you get it from the city, you get it from the county. But what I think, if, if you if you read into it, um, so there's several items they could be, and I'm thinking of one local agency here in particular that uh, may have gotten funds to help with payroll for their loss. They may have gotten funds for rent but they didn't get it for mortgage or utility or mitigation expense, so they could apply for one of those other categories. Oh, okay, it's a different category. Sure, sure, with inside their business plan. Mm-hmm, okay. Great. Yeah, I, I, I guess what I was gonna say, I just wanted to make sure that, um, you know, that we, we got full coverage for everybody that, that wants it. Mm-hmm. And, um, if there's someone that hasn't gotten anything because they're not from Hinesville and there's someone from Hinesville that's already got the one from Hinesville and then they get their application in and then they get the one from us and the people that's outside of Hinesville may be a little slow applying, I would hate for the funds to be exhausted and this organization for example has two while this person is slow trying mm -hmm. to get trying to get one so I, I guess we we um we if if we're going to let them do city and county for instance now and, and um there are other cities as well that um that 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 has funds I, I would think wouldn't he I mean every, um, everybody did every, everybody got every, it everybody was eligible to get it right as to whether they actually you know decided to do it decided, decided to, do to it. draw decided down the funds to and meet way. the criteria yeah. we're not sure okay you remember you know if they have to divulge whether they've already received and um I think that um we I don't mind getting it again from us but I would like for us to just maybe <clears throat> only say here it is when we may need that for someone who hasn't gotten anything. That's that's just my thought. But that's totally, totally I, 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 think, I think they should be eligible. You I know. just don't want um, them to be eligible here, eligible there, and then we still got somebody that's trying to be eligible for the first time, and then it's, you know, because it's a, it's a pool of money that's going yeah, to Yeah, it's out. hard to, you, you know, we, we battle with several things. I'll be real quick. One was, okay, if you, if you tried to gauge, you got some from one source, so do you get only 50% of what you requested, or do you, you know, tr trying to gauge a, a range yeah. in there was, yeah. would it be terrible. The other thing would be trying to figure out if you had an open application period and you could, you could just go until all the funds are exhausted, well, then you don't know how much to assign on the front end Mm -hmm. You know, unless you want to come up front and say, okay, look, for anybody that applies, you're only going to get $1,000. Or go ahead and set the amount up front, but then when the funds are exhausted, they're exhausted, you know, to do that. Uh, so, so that's the reason we were recommending an application period. Mm -hmm. Then you could look, actually, I mean, we can get you uh, a business list. Business list, it won't be nonprofit, though. But we can try to weed through a business list of potential nonprofits somehow to let you know how many are out there mm -hmm. that could qualify. In fact, that's probably not bad for us to do 
is to get that list and send a notice to them anyway that you may be eligible. And that way we know they found out about it. We can make them aware of the 45-day window, coach them through the window mm -hmm. to get them in there. Um, but that's the reason we were offering a period because I mean, you, we, we, want, we want to help everybody. We wanted to be available. Not, you know, this person has already got help, and then this person here is, I was going down there, and then, you, you know, so mm -hmm. we, 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 we need to be careful. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think we need to say, no, you can't do it if you already got it. But we need to try to just be careful that the ones that already got it are not in front of the ones that hadn't even gotten anything. Yes, sir. Don't, don't I, I don't know how we could do that. But. Well, I don't think there will be because if we have an open and closing period, we'll bring you the actual number okay. that have applied, and you'll be able to see. You, you'll be able to see how many have applied in in the closing, and so mm -hmm. there won't be anybody that will be discounted that way. Okay. You know okay. What I'm I, okay. I feel good about it. We'll we, we'll work through it. Okay. That's what I say. It's a work in progress. We will definitely work through it. And as y'all stated, this was round one, and y'all had put additional. Funds. We can improve it for round two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Or you may not mm -hmm. expend all your funds in round one, and you just want to carry some over. Okay. Which, which is which is very possible. Okay. Just want to be allocated. fair and equitable with everybody. Yes, sir. I agree. I and, feel and, good about the start. Yes. We can do that. And the third the third thing that's on here for you that does need some action tonight, uh, along with blessing of the plan to get it off the ground would be uh, approval of the contract with United Way to conduct those services. And I'm sure Ms. Hopkins would be glad to answer any questions you have on that. Uh, there is an administrative fee uh, for that that we talked about that was built in the budget. It's basically $25,000 uh, per cycle. That's based on the anticipated uh, expenditure of those funds, the percentage related to those. Okay. okay. And those funds are ARPA funded too? Those funds are ARPA funded too. Right now you've got um, $100,000 allocated in 2022 and 100000 in 2023. And again, if you don't receive enough applications or you decide to taper whatever you do with the award amount, mm -hmm. obviously that money can roll Change. over to some other years right. to, help, to keep helping some. Kind of fluid. Chair, I a motion? Uh, yeah, Mr. Chairman, I would make a motion that we um, move forward with the opera SBA assistance overview as stated by um, Ms. Hopkins, uh, Mr. Mosley, and Mr. Brown. Second. Motion is second. Second. We approve the uh, understanding uh, with uh, United Way. Thank you for being here. Thank you for offering the service. Thank you. Us. And it's good to have somebody who's vetted most of this. So just a matter of now us adding our, our Liberty County piece to it. Uh, we'll move forward with phase one, and then we have to make changes in phase two. We'll, we'll do that. We felt real good. They had a great track record already running, and then to have somebody local where these businesses can have a local contact is even better. And I like it. They'll deal with one person. I like that, too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I like that, too. Thank all, you all, all, in, partnership. all in favor. Rachel. Yeah. All right. And, and Ms. Hopkins, I'm a, uh, since I live on Olive Street, I'm going to stop by your office tomorrow and bring you a, a, a street sign that, that says Olive. You right got one. That's their new office. Okay. They haven't been there very long. Has the United Way moved over there? Yeah, they moved over there at the Housing Authority's place. On yeah. The corner right there. That used to be. Um, right on the corner. Right on the corner. Right, right on the corner. Time you turn in on the right hand side. Somebody was a lawyer in that office. It was a lawyer there for a minute. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. All right. Uh, resolution, VA Center naming. Yes, sir. And y'all may 
uh, Commissioner Stevens may want to expand on this. I know that uh, one of his constituents uh, uh, is a proponent, basically, of the resolution. Um, Bruce McCartney submitted some material here um, related to trying to have board action to support a letter being sent, uh, actually the resolution, the past resolution to be sent to Representative Williams, who would then hopefully forward that to uh, Congressman Carter concerning the potential naming of the VA Center in Hinesville. Um, after two local Vietnam veterans, uh, Mr. John Gibson and Mr. Dan James. Uh, yeah, Mr. Chairman, I, I have a question on that. I, um, I, when I saw the agenda, and I, and I know I think Mr. Commissioner Stevens had mentioned that um, at, at, the, at the last meeting, and um, I know I've been um, awarded, um, Commissioner Frazier's not here, but I was awarded a a Google degree uh, a couple of months back, if y'all recall. But, um, and I, I did Google um, the VA and that those buildings are owned and I guess operated by the federal government. Mm -hmm. um, and here, you know, and please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, fellow commissioners, uh, Mr. Chairman, uh, Mr. Brown. The, um, you know, when, when something was federal, like a state highway, you know, it uh, it's a federal highway commission, and um, but it's handled through the state. You know, it, it's state. It's, it's Atlanta. If it's how U.S. eighty four is U.S., but it's handled through state in, in Atlanta. And um, since the VA is is federal, I would have to think that it's the state now. Um, and I'm um, I'm a proponent of giving honor. Where honor is due, I mean, I have no problem with that. I have no problem with with, with this resolution, except that I, um, I I do have somewhat of an issue with um, the commissioners, county commissioners, um, naming uh, or dedicating or, or whatever it would be a federal building, where you would think that um, we have veterans organizations here. Um, I guess the VFW, uh, the American Legion. Uh, there's a Department of Veterans Affairs. We have um, probably a, a organization for Vietnam veterans. We probably got a, 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 a organization for World War II veterans, uh, Korean War veterans, uh, Gulf War veterans. But, um, and I, I would feel more comfortable because it's a federal building and because in our case the state and we have a state representative born and raised right here that kind of handles the stuff um, at the state level and the federal level because it goes from the state to the feds and you, you could just take for instance I ride around in um, all the state highways that that run through um, Hinesville and Liberty County, I think that they wouldn't um, name in honor of someone. I, I, I'll back up a little bit, don't want to take up too much time. Um, a friend of mine had uh, wanted a, a state highway name in honor of their father. And, you know, you got 84, you got 119, you got 196, uh, 17, you know, that runs through Liberty County, but they were all kind of 
already taken. And then I think we did something um, for Reverend Anderson down at, inter at the interchange. You know, but all this was state level or, or federal level. And um, now we got a lot of county roads that, that, we can, that, that we can change the name of, this board can, and that we could do several things from the county level, the county level. But if the, um, for instance, the, if the Vietnam Veterans um, Organization petitioned this, or if the, the American Legion, or whoever at that letter, if they gave that to Representative Williams, to me, that would be a little different than the Liberty County Board of Commissions, because I, I would take um, some issue if, um, if someone other than this board wanted to name something that belonged to the county, if they had a resolution to name this room, you know, that, that would be something that, that, that we would do as, as county commissioners, because that's ours. We, we don't need Al to handle that for us, but we do need Al to say, take something to Atlanta. Someone needs Al to take something to Atlanta, and Al, you know, gets that, you know, through the, through the federal. And, and, that, um, and I remember that the old Mills home, uh, and people cried like babies when it was moved, but they put a, um, a nice facility there, but that's a federal building. And I, I just don't think that uh, the Liberty County Commission should um, petition for something on the federal level. Some organization here, and we got a lot of them, are well-deserving, and these people. And, and, I, and along with having this Google degree, I did go on Google, and I saw these names. And I said, uh, Vietnam has been a long time ago, and uh, Mr. Gibson and Mr. James, they, they were the only two that I saw on there. So um, I don't believe everything on the internet, but uh, Google hit these names right on. I, I checked to see how many veterans from Liberty County died in the, the Gulf War, you know, but I couldn't find that. I didn't know how many veterans from Liberty County died in the Korean War, couldn't find that, couldn't find uh, World War II. But um, um, again, I'll give honor where honors due and um, people deserve um, honors all the time. But I just don't think that um, the Liberty County Commission um, need to petition for that. That need to come from um, either the, the families of these people or an organization that represents um, veterans. That's just, that's just my thought. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, sir. But me <clears throat> serving my time for the United States of America, that's why I am pursuing this issue for the James and the Gibson family, along with some other vets who have served their time. From my standpoint, I think it's well-deserving. No one else has, has thought about it, and it was brought to my attention. And that's why we are pursuing it as vets. And all we're asking this Board of Commissioners to do is start the process. It may not go anyway, but at least start the process. We say we are proud, uh, uh, Liberty County proud, 
and we need to show it to these vets. Because of all the other vet centers I have been in, it's been named after someone. And this is no more than due respect to vets, which I am one, and I'm a proud vet. And I do represent the Veterans Association also. Okay. Well, Mr. Stevens, I'm not a vet. My father served in the military in Korea, along with Ms. Thrift's father-in-law. Um, and he'll tell me he'll never want nothing named after him. Um, same way as Elder Thrift. But I am in agreement a little bit with Commissioner Gillard. Um, there was two places on Interstate 95 that had been renamed, or maybe more, and we were never asked to participate in that until we knew that they were going to put the ribbon across the road or to sign up. Um, we're going to have veterans that's going to continue to go. We're all going to go one day. And there's a pile of Korean veterans, Vietnam veterans. We just lost one other day. Mr. Ginner was a Korean and a Vietnam veteran. But I have stood by this uh, name and things. The names will come down just like the road signs. And that building belongs to all veterans, every one of them. You have Walter Reed Hospital, and it's named for veterans. You've got the ones in Charleston, you've got the ones in Augusta, and Dublin. But it's not that I don't want the time or have to fool with it. It's just that I don't think I have the right to name it. I don't think I have a right to unless we've got a group of veterans that's here that all of these folks have gotten together, the veterans, Korean, whoever, and have decided this is who we want to name it after, and we'd like for the Board of Commissioners to do it. Not saying that you didn't do a great job going off out there and, and starting it going. I'm just saying I don't think it's our job to do that. I know it's not mine. Um, now, I don't mind it being the Veterans Administration building from now on, because I don't ever have to attend it. My brother was in the Marines, my dad was in the Army. Um, but I'm just gonna say, I think that if we had a group of veterans come for us and say that's what they want, and then I'm sure that you hit the nail on the head, it would have to be a congressional thing, a federal, um, you know, a congressman that's gonna have to push it through. but. Make no mistake about it. It has already been talked about before. I just want to tell you. I'm aware of that. And, and Johnny Isaacson died before he you know, got out of office before it ever would, could be done. But that's just my feelings on it. Is it they want to come forward and say, hey, this is what we want to do. Um, 
we're the committee that would make the recommendation on this side. We'd get the names, we'd put it to the board, and the board could do it. But I don't, I, I, I don't feel comfortable with naming it, and I'm not going Mr. Chair, it seems like this is an issue because I brought the issue up. That's more the way I feel about it, why some commissioners are signing the way how they have. That's just my thought. Uh, Mr. Chairman, okay. oh, go ahead. Well, I, I, I want to say this. I, uh, again, I, I think I started my, um, my comments with, um, I believe in giving honor where honor is due, and I'm not about to stay here, stand here and say that, um, that these gentlemen, that honor is not due. I'm just saying that, um, you know, it need to be presented by another organization simply because, um, to me, because, um, you know, we, 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 we are the county and we can name county buildings and county roads. That's what we do. And we do that sometime at the request of family members. Um, my good friend, and, and we going for a ride in the morning, Eddie, I wanted to name, um, it, the family came to me years ago, and I know y'all remember this, to rename um, Spencer Garland Road, which was Castles Road. And um, we didn't even have a name, a road renaming uh, process at the time. Had um, Mr. Sprinkle at the time um, and Joey to check with other counties and see what they did. And they did, and we got with Mr. Davis. And, and now we have an uh, ordinance for renaming a road. Mm -hmm. And we went through that process and um, we were, the, the Galden family were successful in having that change. But that was a county road. And, and that was something that we did here within the confines of our responsibility. But um, you know, we, we can't, um, Oglethorpe Highway, I don't know who named that but I don't think that's US 84 coming through Hinesville. I don't think that the Board of Commissioners did that. I've seen signs along um, state highways. Um, uh, uh, the Smiley guy, uh, Russell Smiley, uh, Jim Floyd. Uh, they're even coming off the front gate on Fort Stewart, uh, which is part of 119. It's in honor of Carl Dykes going to McLaris Curve. There's a McLaris curve sign uh, going across the overpass. There's a Clarence Williams sign. None of that came from here. Now, you know, we may have talked with the family and that's what they wanted, but all of that was um, presented by our state representative because, um, and again, please correct me if I'm wrong, the, the state deals with the federal a lot closer than we do. And we are the commissioners. Now, if we, um, if this, if this family or some local um, veterans group wanted this, then they, they need to present it to our state representative and let him run with it. I just don't think that um, that that's what we need to do. That that's, and, and again, that's just my thought, and it has nothing to do with um, whose idea it was, or it has nothing to do with um, with anything other than that. That that's just my thought that um, that's not, in my opinion, our responsibility. 
commissioners but yes sir mr chairman i was just going to say my sentiments also I, I wouldn't feel comfortable in renaming a federal building after just these two individuals unless they all of our veterans agreed that this was the name they wanted to put on there because we got a lot of veterans here and plan to have many more in the liberty county area so um, I, I just and i you know appreciate mr stevens and in looking into it but i don't think it's something that this board needs to decide on and i want to say mr. Mr. Stevens, it's not anything personal no sir it's mm -hmm. never been I don't, I, I hate for you to sit over there and think That's just the way I feel about it. Well, I mean, you can feel the way you want I know, to. That's just the way I feel about it, and nobody up here can change that. Okay. I, I saw it more as a recommendation from the commissioners, because I know it, ha it would have to go through a process, so I saw it more as a, as a recommendation from the commission. Um, but to, there's so many more. To, who, to whoever the powers that be. Yeah. But, you know, Mr. Chairman, it, it, even a recommendation for something that's federal, mm. I don't think that that should come here. Yeah. Not not as this body. My, my, my personally, you know, me as a, a person that lives here, I may have my feelings on it, but I, I sit here as a commissioner, and, and I'm not going to say that the Liberty County Board of Commissioners need to get involved in doing that. There, there's already a process for doing that. Mm. There's already a process for doing that. Every state highway in here has a name. No more than we would name the next high school that's built here. No more than we would name the next baseball field, unless it's a county baseball field. But, but we, 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 we're not going to um, name a school, and, we, and we're still the commissioners. Yeah. And I, we should not name a federal building, yeah. and we're still the commissioners. I think as a private citizen, you can always give input. Say, you all ought to consider naming it, you know, X, Y, Z. So that's, that's more so how I saw it as versus taking over the Fed's responsibility. So I thought we were sending a recommendation up to, I guess, Al, and he would talk to Buddy Carter and whomever, whatever the channels would be for it. And, and, and that still could happen. Yeah. That, that, that still could happen. That, that still could happen. You, you could uh, get a petition, just like when, 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 when um, Castles Road was renamed. Mm -hmm. Those people went out and did that, and they brought it back. And I think uh, when we wrote the ordinance, we had to have 60% of the landowners, and they lived all over the country. And, and we got six out of ten, and, and we did it. Now, had we not got six out of ten, we wouldn't have did it, and it's still counting. Okay. But but this this is um, federal, and and uh, the the members of this family or the group that uh, Commissioner Stevens um, may or may not represent or anybody else that that, that feels this way, they they can uh, people take petitions around all the time, and, and and you get a wheelbarrow full of signatures, and you hand it to Al, and he could do it the same way, just like he could take this paper. If we signed it tonight and go there and, and, and see how it pans out, I, I, but I just, just my thought. I just don't oh, think sure. that that's right. that's for us to do. That's yes, my it. thought. And I'm, um, Mr. Chairman, I, I do want to say when this when this board that I was on years ago bought the old post office, and there was a new one built. They didn't go off and find somebody that was a postmaster. That would have been your uncle, right, George? Mm -hmm. they, they didn't even pick a post 
postmaster. Nobody had ever worked in the post office. It was named for uh, um, the solicitor. It was named for Sidney Flowers. And there never was ever that I can remember anybody said anything about it. The federal government does what they want to do. And if you name something and you've got to change it, that's true. I mean, to me, uh, and, and uh, we still talk and we sit close to one another, but he mm. still knows my feelings on it. If, you, if you've got a name that's out there, and if it's Thrift Road, and there's a Thrift Road, and you know right where it's at, but tomorrow morning it's changed, it's going it's mm. to hurt, people. hurt people's feelings. So, yeah. no. I'm not up here to make everybody happy, but I am going to say that this is not a personal thing. It ain't a fight, but if you want to make it one, that's just the way it'll be. No, no. We're going to be. Believe it or not. We're going to keep it professional. Um, well, I, I, I have. I'll, I'll do my best. Thank you, sir. And it's a, it is a voting item, so it, yes, sir. the chair entertain a motion. I'll make a motion, Mr. Chairman, that yeah. we. Um, don't fool with it. Second to that motion. <laughs> well, I, I'll I'll second the motion. Uh, the so the, the some, fool with it thing is some is clarification. Uh, is uh, is is um, but I, I understand the sentiment. So mm -hmm. um, I'll, I'll I'll second with the sentiment. Okay, thank you. All right. All in favor of that motion? Let me know by raising your right hands. That we. Okay. All opposed. Uh, the motion fails. We will. Um, it can still happen. Try to find another route. Yeah, it, it, it yeah. can still happen, and 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 um, and it, and if it's deserving, I pray mm -hmm. it does. Mm -hmm. But that's yeah. And maybe not this time. But sometime share with me the conversation. I didn't know Senator Isaac Summers already had already been approached about. Uh, oh, yeah. I did but not. The thing about it I wasn't. Is, I wasn't aware of that. When you've got. The number of veterans that I've got in my district, mm -hmm. the number of veterans that's in every, every district. This is high I have not had one soul mm -hmm. ask me something about it from Liberty County. Yeah. Never said a word mm -hmm. about it. Most people are so happy that we got one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's true. I mean, yes. right. You don't know how one. happy it is if you don't use it. Yeah. What? You don't know how happy it is to have it if you don't use it. Well, I, I know. My dad got us up there. We will pursue this another route. All right. I know the purpose of a clinic, so I can imagine uh, that's where my happiness comes let's, from. Let's that, move that, on that if we can. Uh, a service. Thank you. Good conversation. Good conversation. Okay. Like the Democrats and Republicans, good conversation. Uh, alcoholic beverage license, pal and food, and Mart. Yes, sir. It's uh, application. Uh, it's on 351 Isaac Stevens Road by Rebecca Brown. Existing location, just a new owner. Uh, beer and wine. Uh, LCPC recommended approval meets with all their zoning criteria. And uh, sheriff, based on background checks, their offices recommended approval also. Seems to be a lot of change over there. Mm -hmm. okay. Yes, right, sir. Chair, <laughs> chair a motion. There's a reason uh, for that. that but motion that we okay. Yeah. I have that conversation too. Mm -hmm. Make that motion that we accept it. Okay, second. Second. Any further discussion? All in favor, raise your right hand, please. All right, the license is approved. Be right back again in six months, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Lisa Agreement. 
SRU. Yes, what, what, what's that uh, before we go any further, uh, Mr. Akronin? What What's that one? <laughs> Child Support Recovery Unit. Okay, all right. Sorry I got it. I got it. I'm gonna, that's tattooed for my other arm. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, this is a yearly uh, event that we have to do for the state, just reapproving um, CSRU to lease, formally lease space in a building owned by the county. Mm -hmm. They are a state governed agency in that. So, it, again, this was before you last year, it has not changed. Uh, simply a, a matter of legal requirement. Okay. Chair, a motion. Yes, Mr. Chairman, I make a motion we approve the lease agreement with the Child Support Recovery Unit. Sounds much better than the Commissioner Gillard. <laughs> than CSRU. CSRU. Okay. Is there a second? Second. Second. All in favor? All right. Motion carries. Thank you, sir. Administrative report. Uh, real quickly, sir. Um, there was a, uh, actually a request last year to con for the board to consider adoption of a holiday for Juneteenth. Uh, it is my understanding that the state is considering uh, the same thing on their docket this year. They have not approved it. I won't mislead you, but uh, this is something that the board was asked to consider last year uh, by a local source anyway. So I'll bring that for your consideration. Okay. Got one question, Mr. Chairman. Uh, now, now, Juneteenth is actually on June 19th, and, and, and that we have a lot of holidays now. Um, that no one has to guess when the 4th of July is, because that's when it is. Mm -hmm. And Christmas is always the 25th, and we celebrate that. But Thanksgiving is the 4th Thursday. It could be as early as the 22nd, and it could be as late as the 28th. Um, Labor Day is always the first Monday. It could be as early as the first and as late <laughs> as the seventh. Okay, and um, Easter goes from anywhere from now to whenever. Okay, yeah, and and um, my birthday is always the nineteenth. You know, so remember that. But 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 Juneteenth is the nineteenth, and if we celebrate it on the nineteenth, and this year the nineteenth is a Sunday, and we would take that Monday. Correct. But if we're going to do it like we do Veterans Day, which is always the 11th, it doesn't matter if it's on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Mm -hmm. So, you know, is, so is Juneteenth going to be the third Monday in June? Well, it or it's going to be on June 19th, it which, will which it will fluctuate every year. Unless day. it's a Saturday, we'll get to Friday. If it's a Monday, if it's a Sunday, we'll get to the Monday. No. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, you know, so and, and, and Commissioner Gear, before I answer that question, you may not know every acronym in the book, but I couldn't have put that together. You couldn't put that together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, but but uh, but 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 I'm telling you, I mean, Veterans Day is the 11th, and, and if we celebrate Veterans Day, whenever it is, unless it's a Saturday, we get to Friday. Right. Mm -hmm. but, but, but June, but Juneteenth is June 19th, mm -hmm. and I think the federal guidelines and and they're, they're available. On Google, and I got the degree that it, that I think the plan is to celebrate it on the nineteenth, unless it's a Saturday or a Sunday. Then you get the Monday or the Friday. Mm -hmm. So it, this year it'll be a Monday. Next year it'll be on the Monday. But as the leap year come, it'll be on a Wednesday, and that would be the holiday if we want to do it on the nineteenth. <laughs> So if it's on, hey, just like, uh, just like uh, Christmas, for instance, that does, does fluctuate, excuse me, by, by days of the week, if, if you declared it a, 
uh, holiday for county employees. If it fell on a Saturday, it'd be observed on a Friday. If right. It fell on a Sunday, it'd be observed on a Monday. Mm -hmm. It would be a day off in recognition of that, mm -hmm. uh, no matter when it fell. Mm -hmm. So if, again, if it was on a Sunday, they would get a day for for Monday. Well, across the street earlier, uh, the city adopted it, and and I think you know that they didn't go into the to the detail that I just went to, but 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 I I, 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 I think I, I think that they're they're agreeing that it's going to be June nineteenth. Whenever it is, whether it's a Saturday, Sunday, then then they make the adjustment. But it's going to be the 19th, so so you can work Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And if the 19th is that Thursday, you will get Juneteenth off if you recognize it as a holiday. That, that, yes, and, and that's the way it should be, because it is Juneteenth. That's right. The only, just, the only just like the 4th of July. Yeah, the only day you wouldn't take the actual day off is if it fell on a Saturday or Sunday. Mm -hmm. Right, but you'll get the you'll get the Friday or the Monday yes, instead. Okay. I'm for it. I'm for it. <laughs> I just need a motion and a second. Yes, I make a motion. Add that to the, to the policy. All right. I make a motion that we change the policy for the county offices to be recognized June 19th as Juneteenth <laughs> holiday. Second. Okay. Second. Okay. I think we had enough discussion. Well, well I, 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 I do, do want to say one thing now. You, you know, with, with budgeting, uh, Joey, and our budget don't start again to uh, July. And if we just easing in another holiday right here and anybody that works, we budget for X amount of holidays in the county. And you know, the guys that work get holiday pay, I guess. And now we got an extra day and if somebody is gonna work that day. Yeah. And, and, and that, that needs to be considered so that there's gonna be, mm -hmm. there's gonna be some extra funds uh, that, that, that we need to consider. And, and I'm, I'm thinking that because my, my guys in public works, we get 11 holidays. And according to city council, we get 12 now. And we did not budget for 12, right. but we're going to take 12. And that, that time and a half or that double time has got to come from, from somewhere. Um, we will yeah. cause an extra budget. And, and, and there are uh, one or two departments that automatically get overtime. Uh, for working holidays, so that's one mm -hmm. impact. The other will be will. if somebody has to cover for somebody who has to take a day off later on uh, to observe the holiday because they had to work on the holiday. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, it will definitely, yes, sir. Fun balance. Yeah. Okay. Uh, state court surcharge. Did we vote? We just needed to. I, yeah, we, we, we voted. I, I second, we voted. I second mm -hmm. it. I second it. I made motion. He seconded it. That's right. Mm -hmm. And then all in favor? I thought we yeah, did. Yeah, that was okay. That came right after the child support this year. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that stands for the child support. Recovery that's unit. the child support recovery unit. Get it, get it right. Yeah. CSRA is what? There is not, nothing like that. Y'all remember what uh, association? Was? I guess. Is is one? Not 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 that's been talked about here tonight, is it? Okay. All right. All right. State court surcharge. Yes, sir. Um, I, 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 I guess it was last year. Uh, we were trying to look at a way to be able to fund some software improvements uh, for some, actually for public service agencies, and some of those are pretty expensive. Uh, one that comes to mind we've been trying to fund for several years is a law enforcement package. Um, that, that has a continuing cost. We also have the need in 911 for some things. Uh, you know, looking back at how those were funded, uh, actually, the city of Hinesville, uh, several years ago by ordinance, 
put on a $24 per offense to its misdemeanor cases to help fund uh, those needed technology improvements. Now, you have a technology fee that's applied to felony cases that was put in really by the legislature, but this one uh, that I'd like to see if you wanted me to forward something to uh, Representative Williams to try to adopt by legislative action is to put something on state court fines uh, that could help this board in alleviating some budgeted expense to get to the software we need for some of those public service agencies, public safety agencies. Uh, I did talk to uh, the state court judge. He supports it uh, wholly. Difference, obviously, between us and the city. Cities do things by ordinances. We do have to have local legislation introduced to have it put on as a state court charge. But I didn't know what the board's feeling on that was. I certainly didn't want to go forward and try to do anything without the board's approval to do that. I, again, it's been pretty successful over there at the city. Our state court side, uh, those cases are are very are escalating very much yes, to do that. And the state court judge and I talked about that a little bit, mm -hmm. but um, not necessarily in relation to this. But anyway, this was an increase. Actually, it's a $4 charge. They already had a, ten, a $20 uh, in effect, but this is a technology surcharge for $4. Uh, I, his recommendation of mine, too, would be about a $4 surcharge to go on those offenses. Could that be a first offender or any offender? It, it would apply to any any uh, charge that the state court levies if they levy a charge. And there are mm -hmm. so many ins and outs of that, too, as to whether charges are levied or not or whether they have a first offender. and some of that. But if they did levy a fine, it would be a fine add-on of $4. So let's just say, for instance, that the individual gets caught speeding and he's got to go to state court. But mm -hmm. he says, wait a minute, just $85. Is that $85 going to be on the ticket where he can just walk in up there and pay it ahead of time on credit card and not have to pay the four dollars or would that four dollars it would be on both it would be it would be. that's correct it'd be already figured in so if the sheriff is all everybody's jailed on it everybody knows what we're what will happen i mean yes no had this so had, had discussion <laughs> he said hey your bonds this amount yeah. and then it'll all be included that's correct it would all be included in there i guess you could you know, I guess it'll be on the ticket. It'll say it'll just be, you know, at, at, well, you know, because as the deputies and you say, well, how much, how much is the offense? Yeah. And so the eighty-five dollars mm -hmm. has some stuff built in it also, mm -hmm. and so it would just be four more. It said eighty-five dollars. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of like when you go get a motel room. Yeah. You know, it's twenty-five dollars. And then you got. And in 35, all those fees. Chair intended motion for the $4 surcharge. I, I made the motion that we uh, implement it with the. Uh, you've got a letter there from the judge that says what he'd like to do, then uh, I, I'd say let's go ahead with it. Yes, sir. And, I, and really, Mr. Chair, if it's okay, a motion. If, if your motion can be to go ahead and get with the county attorney to draft a resolution okay. for board approval, because you'll need to approve a resolution to send that forward to Representative Williams. Okay. If, that, if that's okay. I second the motion. Okay. That, that is your motion, sir. Mm -hmm. What was the motion now? Yeah. To ask the county attorney to draft a resolution for okay. uh, imposing a $4 surcharge okay. for criminal offenses in the mm -hmm. state court. Okay, and I have a second. Any further discussion? 
All in favor, raise your right hand, please. Any opposed? Thank you. Vessa? Judge Osteen said they're doing it already in some of the other counties. Or is that just something that... Yeah, really somebody else is doing it. I remember that reading there. I mean, I know some others are doing it. Yeah. We're not the but first. But I know the city. city yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's something that... Yeah. All the state court judges have got together and decided. I don't know if all, but not really. I mean, I actually I called him and said, "Listen, we, yeah. this is something we have mm -hmm. found that could be a way to finally help the board mm -hmm. help these agents." <clears throat> Fascination incentive. Just a just a copy. You know, y'all y'all authorized this before. Just wanted you to see the official form uh, that employees would would use to sign up. Uh, to potentially receive the incentive check for $200. Did want to tell you that Hinesville Pharmacy has agreed to uh, basically check uh, to make sure that they did in fact get the vaccines. They have, they have an online portal to the state. So when an employee presents the card in confidentiality, it'll be uh, copied and those get sent over to Hinesville Pharmacy for their check to do that. So I just want you to see the formal process that we will start to kick off immediately. Really, I was going to ask. You. I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted y'all to see the form before we actually started. So I know you authorized it, but I want to give you full, full view of everything there. And HR will administer that with all the departments. That's HR, HR looked at it too, Jerry. Yes, they actually helped develop it. Okay, all right. And Mr. Chairman, I mean, Joy, and, and that's the ones who received it, and the ones that's 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 planning on going to receive it? Well, it would be the, you'd have to have uh, in the cycle, uh, as of right now, to be fully vaccinated, you'd have to have both, both them. basic plus a booster. Okay. And anybody that, that hadn't had nothing, they need to get all of that. They need to get on board. Right. That's right. And, and that's the reason we want to get to them as I hear it. We've already briefed the department heads, so, you know, about let's go, here's where it's going to kick off and, you know, it won't necessarily close. The period won't close. I mean, if right. you get, you know, it's, it's going to have to be spaced out based on when you get your shots in the six months. Commissioner Stevens? That's only for in regular employees and not elected officials? It's, I just want to get it clear. <laughs> right now, it's proposed to be for full-time or permanent part-time. Okay. Now, that's subject to... Whatever the board wants. No, I'm just I, I'm just asking for yeah, clarification. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I know. I, I just whatever y'all want to do though. It's I wouldn't do that for no. commissioners. But you do have some full time. But you do have some full time elected officials, right? Yeah. You do. They're not classified as employees of the county. Okay. Um. Certainly, whatever the board no, wants to do. No, I I, I just I mean there, there I just were. Want to get it I mean yeah. clear. That's all. There were those that. You know, they were there. See, I never thought about a constitutional officer. As a, a full-time employee? Full yeah. Yeah, they're technically they're not classified as full-time employees. Well, all right. They're not, they're not okay. classified. All right. Okay. What about the volunteers? We'll not, we'll not involve volunteers. Got to be employed. Okay. Okay. All right. Emergency Declaration of COVID-19 Protocols. Yes, sir. This is a, really a ratification by the board. Uh, of a resolution supporting that declaration of uh, local state of emergency that had to be put into effect due to the numbers. Uh, Kelly's unavailable tonight. He's uh, under the gun there a little bit, but uh, he did do a chart in here. Um, this is pretty interesting. Uh, actually through January 14th, it did go up a little bit after the 14th again. If you look at the CRC website, uh, 
it's actually a little bit of an anomaly today with a note that's on it. It exceeded 3,000, but that was because some cases from five days had not been reported. And so they were piled into one day's reporting. So uh, this is a pretty accurate guide uh, of what's going on still for a gradual increase. Today, the hospitalizations are stable, mm -hmm. but uh, Liberty Regional was full mm -hmm. uh, last week again. Um, luckily, not with as many ventilated patients, but still with sick patients. Uh, EMS also affected with uh, trip runs and, and trip times because of waiting times at the facility uh, for leaving folks there too. I think we all know the school system is affected by it. They sure are. Yeah, they, they're virtual now. So again, uh, I, I know I had uh, sent an email out and uh, this just ratifies exactly what was in that email uh, for the board. Uh, most importantly too, it allows you to do things uh, virtually in some cases for your meetings and allow, if, if necessary, and allows you to limit attendance like we're having to do right now at these meetings more than anything. Most of the other stuff that's embedded in there regarding employees and workplaces, the commission really has a authority to do any time. Uh, Ellie felt like this document was necessary for the others. So, Mr. Chairman, on item six, is that um, we are going to back to just as far as our attendance here in this room? Yes, ma'am. We actually put that notice uh, out and tried to address it better for that, but uh, only those folks on the agenda at the current time. Okay. And does this, you know, when we first, COVID first come out, we had the, the 10 day period. Then I think it went to seven, now it's to five. Just five. Is that correct? Five. That's not mentioned. That's just No, ma'am, it's policy. not mentioned here. I will tell you that, and, and it'll be good for them to see that chart if you can help me remember that, that HR developed and we update every time CDC changes. It's actually a, a guide chart for departments to use okay. uh, on, on when the call comes in and what to do. So we try to keep that updated, uh, but no ma'am, it's not embedded. Okay, okay, all right. We need a motion to approve this back yes, in place? Yes, please. I make a motion we implement the emergency declaration for COVID-19 protocols. Second. We're really um, making this retro, is that the word? Well, it's really to ratify. 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 That's the word. Ratify. ratify. Right. Second. All in, all in favor. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. yeah, announcement, sir. Uh, just real quickly, um, the and I think you were notified of this. We do do have two vacancies on the. I just saw that in board. here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, those are being advertised. Uh, Mr. Victor Shanks and Miss uh, Camilla Medina Riviera. Uh, so those are being advertised. The positions uh, would fill the unexpired terms of those folks. Okay. So it's back on that side now? Bring, it is back on that side, yes, ma'am. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it on. We can do it right now. I hope they learn something from over here. <laughs> we, we, we can do it right now. I hope y'all learn something from over here now. Yeah. Mr. Chairman, thank you very much. Yes, sir. Thank you. I, I do have one question, uh, Joey, and, and and I know we, uh, you know, we have have a lot going on, and we had, um, you know, with the COVID and everything, we had talked about um, and the ARPA money. We, I, I know, we had talked about. At least I was under understanding, understanding, and um, that we had raised uh, the pay, like the the entry level pay. We 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 never did that. No, sir. No, sir. If you remember, uh, what we talked about is. We've got a study that we've engaged UGA for that. Mm -hmm. And so UGA is, is projected to start on that in March 
and they'll have it in time for your budget to be able to go in there and do that because it will affect the whole pay scale when you move that. You think they're still celebrating from the football game that day? I mean, because we, we really need to do that. I, 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 I mean, you, you know, um, Kim can stand there, her and Laura, and, and talk about it's 2022. I mean, it's 2022 down at the road department, too. I and, um, I mean, and, and things are tough. I mean, it's, we, we're in a recession. A lot of people don't like the R word, but, it, but we're in a recession. And um, they, they put it on the news, but um, all you got to do is go to the grocery store, mm -hmm. uh, Tide detergent, a meat, Charmin bathroom tissue. Every everything, yeah, everywhere you go, it, the, the 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 cost is there, mm -hmm. and um, you know, and we 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 got them guys that's been standing with us for two years through this thick and thin. Well, and, and you remember, and, 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 and working harder because of the the vacancies, you know. So we we we, we and and I we go. I, I don't know what uh, UGA is going to say, and I don't know who they're going to measure us against. But um, we, we have a pretty good feel of what it takes to live in Liberty County, and we have a real good feel of what our people in Liberty County do. So Georgia Bay say that up in Athens, but, but we know these guys. And, and um, you know, we, we could take, uh, and whatever they give us, um, they don't, they're not giving it to us on a tablet like Moses got that's hammered and, and chiseled that can't change. It's not etched in stone. You know, so so we you know we we can uh, we can take that as a guideline, but we can roll up our sleeves and hammer that out ourselves. More, more so, Commissioner Gilliard, the consistency of the plan document itself, not so much that. the yes or no, sir. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you move if you move the bottom, there's a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. Although it not be the same ripple effect mm -hmm. throughout mm -hmm. the plan, mm -hmm. but there's a reason in those plans that you have separation between grades, and so. One grade moves, I mean, and, and that's the reason yeah. to have a professional yeah. to do that. All, 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 all that's fine, yes, but, yes, but, but you know, but um, somebody's going to the store tomorrow to get a loaf of bread. Yeah, and, okay. Process has started. Okay, it has. So will we have the other, you say we, we will have one thing that UGA, EMS and one fire. We we'll have EMS and fire. In February. In February. As we said, yes, sir. Um, if, if you remember, there was some concern over the firefighters. We engaged mm -hmm. UGA to do that study. And then when we absorbed, uh, when we took on EMS, there was really, there was not a pay scale system there. And so what we had to do was start from scratch there and fill out applications and go through that whole process. They, are, they have pretty much wrapped that up and Mr. Mosley will do a presentation on that. Uh, let me ask one question. UGA study and our HR person and you and Mr. Mosley, don't y'all think y'all are capable of, uh, you know, like Commissioner Gillett says, stepping in and doing that no, and sir. doing what's necessary? No, sir. Not at all. Not, not, not from a uh, time perspective or a professionalist perspective. Um, and the reason I would tell you, too, that counties get in trouble doing their own plans, and some do, some don't have plans, is that they get sued and they don't have a professional that has done that, that is not a member of the organization that doesn't put that doesn't. All right, last question, Mr. Chair. <laughs> Let's say you, we brought on EMS, we brought on fire. 
let's say with the UGA study, we comes back and somehow or another we are paying somebody too much money compared to UGA. What do you do then? They don't move. They stay there. You can't take it back. But you can't take it back. No, sir. And, and that's happened in some departments okay. that are okay. really not under your purview. Uh, mm -hmm. The problem is, though, they get placed out on the scale pretty far, and we have two individuals that are don't work for you that are topped out on that scale because they were making significantly more than what anybody was making in their jobs. So, the, but no, sir, they don't move. They don't go. They don't go lower. They just don't qualify for any uh, anything else for merit. Correct. Mm -hmm. They're only affected then if colas come in, cost of living that, that moves the scale actually. Are, are, are the people from uh, are, are the people from UGA they they gonna handle that from Athens or are they gonna come here and no, ride around here. they gonna come here? Come yeah, here. call me. I want to take one on for a ride. Yeah, they don't they don't actually now. We're not changing jobs. We're not reevaluating yeah. jobs. All we've told them is we want to have a minimum starting wage, mm -hmm. no less than fifteen dollars. So, so read everybody. Yeah, yeah, okay. And that's that's been the goal. So mm -hmm. we're not reevaluating a complete plan. Mm -hmm. I want the guy that works for Carl Vincent to grab a shopping cart and we go into Kroger and push it down those aisles and go check out before he uh, give us his report. Went to buy the oil the other day. It's gone up three times what it used to be. Exactly. Just to fry yeah. some chicken. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Over the order. Any motion to adjourn? So move. So move, Mr. Chairman. Second. 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 All, All right.